This is week four and we back again to guide you. If you heard this duo wasn't good, you being lied to. We don't want your football team to burn and crash. So listen to the Fantasy Culture Podcast. We back, we back week four. What's up, everybody? It is one half of the co-hosting team, AD. And I'm here with... Hey, welcome back. It is week four. We are back again, and I hope everyone had a great, a great week of football. Great week three that we had, and um, yeah, it was great, man. Yeah, of, it was a good week, of, man. It was a good week. Um, a lot of weird games. A lot of weird games. Uh, it was a good week. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. We had some good games. There was definitely some good games that took place. Um, good week for me. I don't know how many people could say they were three and zero. You know, or at least well three and zero because I'm in three leagues, but. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Do you know? Do you know what I'm? You, I mean, I didn't get the three zero, but I got the two one. So no, I got right, I got two one this week. All right, so the positive side, finishing above five hundred is good. So yeah. congrats on that. Congrats on that. Um, a tough week. I should have listened. One thing I'll say, guys, you slept. You gotta listen. You gotta listen. The man slept. I bro. slept. I'm here. I didn't mean to start Harris, but I did when you know AD did call out about the bus. Come and on, man. man. You, I, it hurt. It hurt me. You betrayed me. I lost. Me. I could have went three and zero. Sometimes it be your own people. Three and zero. You know they say you can bring a horse. What is it? Bring a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink it. Yeah. I brought you to the Damian Harris to, water. The, the water was dry. It's <laughs> <laughs> nothing there. The water. Water <laughs> was dry. Oh, oh man. But uh, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have slept, man. But everybody has those moments. Uh, you know mine. You don't mind with the whole Mike Williams situation. Yeah. Hurting. I don't know. I don't know if I even shared this story with the people, but man, so when Mike when Williams, I think it was week two, uh, mm-hmm. week two waivers, man, and uh, Mike Williams was hot. He was on my waiver wire in my in my twelve man that I'm in on my Yahoo league. Shout out all them boys. Um, but Williams was on the waiver wire, man, and it was one of those long nights for me, uh, and I was going through my waiver wire late. And next thing I knew, it was, it was probably like midnight. And uh, I knew waivers, they they finish at like 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. They process or whatever. I think it's 6 a.m. with Yahoo. Yeah, 6. Yeah. So I, I'm looking at like midnight. I'm going through my options. I'm getting ready to put uh, the claim in for Mike Williams. Next thing I know, I wake up and it's 6.03 a.m. My phone is on my chest. My glasses is like lean on my face because I done fell right asleep, bro. Going through the waivers, so I'm I'm mad. I'm mad about it because I was three minutes late to claiming Mike Williams. I had the number one waiver. I still do. I haven't burnt it yet. But um, I missed him. And he ends up going to the team. Shout out, Greg. But he ends up going to the team that I saw in the finals last year. Um, I beat him. But his team this year consists of the Chargers stack. So he has Herbert, Keenan Allen, uh, Eckler, no, no, I'm sorry. I don't think he has Herbert. I think he just has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler. Um, or a combination of the three, just, uh, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler. But he has three of the top players, and I'm upset about that because Mike Williams could have been my every week flex behind Ridley and, and CeeDee Lamb, and I missed out on him. But I still got Ayuk and Higgins, but Mike Williams <laughs> is having a, having a legendary year, man. So if you could get any shares of him right now, He's going crazy. But yeah, that was my story. I can't I can't live that down. I'll never forget the night I fell asleep 
when Mike Williams <laughs> had his most historic season, and I had him on waivers. Yeah, man, one of the great three three games start the great three year span for him so far. Yeah, averaging over twenty points a game for the first three games of the season. I think that was the first time in like NFL history something like that happened, Bruh. or fantasy history. If you that wanna... man is balling, wow. balling. Excuse him. Well, hopefully he can keep it up. They definitely have all the the tools and intangibles to get it done. So um. Let's let's talk a little bit more about uh, what we got going on for this week. So let's do a quick little recap, as we always do. Uh, starting off with the Raiders. The Raiders are still rolling. Nobody saw that coming. You saw that coming? I, I know you ain't seen nah, that coming. Nah, was not expecting a 3-0 Nobody start saw that at coming. all. Yeah, so they're still 3-0. Uh, two wins without their star running back in Josh Jacobs. They were able to get it done. And minimal usage, one of those games, Darren Waller wasn't even a factor. Well, he was a factor, but yeah, he didn't it really wasn't know. a normal Darren Waller game that you're probably accustomed to. Yep, having on my team, it was not a normal Darren Waller game. It was just a, an average, you know, it was mm-hmm. just a nice couple, a couple good catches. good tight end game. Yeah, just a good 10-point game I got from him, which I'll take from, you know, an average tight end. But they're, they're definitely spreading the ball around without Josh Jacobs. They're still being the fluid on the game. And they're yes, playing defense. Crosby is balling. Uh, Mullins uh, is doing good. It's just it, it's across the board. The Raiders, the team themselves, are just they're playing, playing defense. Good. The attitude is there. The Gruden grit. No matter it's what, there. we're gonna win. Gruden doesn't care how they win. We win. They gonna get dirty. They gonna get dirty. But um, man, uh, so the Raiders are still rolling. Uh, like I said, two of them without Josh Jacobs. Uh, the next op- opponents get a little bit challenging. You know, Monday they got night. uh Chargers coming up Monday night. Uh, after that, Chicago, Denver, and Philly. Uh, Denver and Philly, you know, kind of unproven. I think Denver's uh, record is a little bit skewed since they had a couple weaker opponents, you could say. Um, yeah, so they're really going to be tested. Winless opponents. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gonna, yeah, not, yeah, the teams combined that they beat have not won a game yet. So that kind of tells you tells you what you need to, need to hear. Uh, next up. Aaron Rodgers, whoo boy, he's a, what's Stephen A.B. saying? He's a bad man. <laughs> he's a bad, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. He told y'all, first game, it's just one game. Y'all gave him 37 seconds. 37 y'all seconds. I should have known that was too much. No timeouts. I, I was like, oh, and he need a field goal? Yeah, it's no over. No timeouts. Yeah. And, and both possessions that's, that got him in the field goal range, were receptions called by Devontae Adams. Who else are you going to play defense on? How do you allow that? Yeah, how do you allow the one how person you, you know for sure that? is going to be looking to get the ball? And he caught him with ease. It wasn't like he really Bro, had a problem. Easy. No, the, the, the first <laughs> the, throw the was, was a nice yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Because he got yeah. it like right over Fred Warner. Yep, right over Fred right Warner. Right over Fred Warner's fingertips, man. Like that had the, the Aaron Rodgers touch on it. The second one was just way too easy. He came like straight through a cross route yep. and just caught and it that, in the chest. The deal. <laughs> and that was it. Um, Aaron Rodgers knew it too, man, because as soon as he got that reception and they clocked it, you know, he gave the infamous little little yeah. fist pump, the pyaw. <laughs> he hit him with the pyaw. Boom, baby. <laughs> so, uh, but that was good to see. And then uh, Matt Crosby came in and, and closed the show. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, that was a big win. I know Aaron Rodgers enjoyed that. I know the team enjoyed that. Uh, Devontae Adams, of course, playing out of his mind when, when asking in that, uh, in an interview, I don't know if you saw how he was able to come back in the game after that hit that he took, um, which was a dirty hit by the way. But, um, he said, yeah, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm different. 
Oh, uh, real quick, Drew, I got a, got a correction. It's uh, Mason Crosby. Mason, what did I say? Max, which is the Raiders. I just said Max Crosby previously. I said, I said Max? Yeah. Oh. Mason Crosby, Mason Crosby though, he, yeah. you know, he, he does his thing at kicker. Yeah, Mason Crosby, he's been at it for quite some time. So we know about his uh, his catalog. We know what he can do. So, um, But shout out to the to the Packers, man. Starting off 0-1, everybody talking about, you know, yeah. offseason hangover. We even, you know, we even thought, hey, what's going on here? You know, we talked about it, just, it the first yeah, episode. This is bad play. It just wasn't normal. But they're mm-hmm. definitely fi- finding the groove. Adams is looking good. Rodgers is looking good. Going to go ahead and uh, keep the AJ effect going as well. You already know Aaron Jones going to keep eating, as he does. Um, so that's good to see. That's good to see. Uh, next up, we got the the Seahawks, man, just uh, sputtering. They yeah. sputtered against Minnesota. Um, bigger you? loss for Seattle or a bigger win for Minnesota? I like, I like that question. Um, I want to say a bigger win for Minnesota I than I would say a loss for Seattle. Uh, but it's something you definitely pointed out. It looks like Seattle is continuing to do with like just being kind of stagnant on offense. Mm-hmm. Um we seen the first game, they kind of look good, like they had something different. And in the past two games, it's just, I don't know, they start off a little hot. And then after about second half, it just sizzles from from there. But for the Vikings to really kind of control this game without a Dalvin Cook. But Madison, he wasn't no, no slack. Now, Madison had a good, no he had a good he, game. He filled you, in like a perfect yep, he filled Dalvin in Cook role. Mm-hmm. Um, got the same amount of points. Um, but def- I definitely like the win for the Vikings. I, it, for them to start off 0-3, I think, would have been yep. a, a much bigger thing than um, than Seahawks starting off 1-2. and Yeah, no, absolutely. Actually. That's true. Um, and Seahawks, it doesn't really get any easier. They play the 49ers this week, um, which historically, historically, Russ has had good games against, against the uh, 49ers. Um, I think I was looking at the stats earlier. He's averaged over 20 PPR points. Um, okay. I think in the last like four matchups he had against them, and then in terms of receivers, it kind of flip flop, but Metcalf was the better receiver in his previous matchups with uh with with the 49ers as opposed to Tyler Lockett. So maybe this will be it. Kind of is coming on time because we had a lot of Tyler Lockett, a lot of Tyler Lockett, a yes. lot of Tyler Lockett. Previous game, you could say it was DK Metcalf, and then here we are again in a matchup where he's been historically good. Against the 49ers, um, you know, maybe pushing into a Metcalf role. So, you know, during this time, it may be finding that balance. All right, so go really hard, go really hard, Tyler Lockett, kind of see what they can and can't do. And then then and shift get. over to, you know, um, Metcalf, see what they can do. And then by, you know, maybe week seven, week eight, they have that perfect mesh that they're looking for. But, um, yeah, but, but right now, they are looking pretty much like last year a sputtering offense. Uh, Russ is still going to cook, so fantasy-wise, uh, fantasy football perspective, he's going to look good, but in Man. terms of it's not amounting to wins and it's it's not looking like a fluid offense, not a not a playoff team. Um, I mean, maybe a playoff team, but not a deep run. Yeah, not at this moment. Right now, they're still going to get that, that that fluid right in the offense. And um, I think, honestly, to point out one thing, too, I don't know if you watched them, but the games with uh, DK against the 49ers, they just appear to be more physical. Whenever he plays against them, he just, I don't know what it is, but he always comes like a dog in that game. Uh, <laughs> last year, they kept trying to hit him. They kept just bouncing off of him. He yep. would flex every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I definitely see it a game. I see how it's a game more for him. I think he invites that matchup. He yeah. likes that. He, like, he, like, he likes going to his 49ers. I don't know what it is, but he definitely um, he's there for it every year. Yeah, there's, there, there's a couple players that are like that. Uh, Aaron Jones against Detroit. Metcalf <laughs> against 49ers. T.Y. Yeah. against the Texans. Um, so you have those certain players who, when they get into those those matchups, 
um, they, they tend eat. to really, yeah, they t- they tend to eat. So, uh, so we'll see, we'll see. But that's that's gonna be a nice uh, divisional game, right? Forty Nine Seahawks. Yep. Yeah, division, it is, game, it is yep. division game. Okay, so we'll see that coming up. Some good, some good games already coming in the next week. Oh, we didn't even put this in the, the recap section, but we'll now that I'm thinking about it, we'll just throw it in there right now. The return, the return of Brady back to New England, Foxborough, oh, yeah. Boston. Yep. It's going Sunday, down Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday night football. He's about to get Brady in back against Billichek. Sorry, Mac Jones. Bro, he about to, especially coming off the game he just had with the Rams. I don't know if you saw the little dialogue he said on the on the bench. They had a little. Uh, who did? Brady. And who? Uh, it was just you know like NFL films, you know, just a mic'd up moment. But you can okay. just, you can read his lips. He wasn't mic'd up. Um, but let's just say he's very. I, we can't say it on. It's gonna be bleeped out. But let's just say he's definitely uh, excited. He's he's, he's excited. I mean, I could always has, bleep it. What he, he say? Fuel. He said he's sucker. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh my God! And he just said it, it was. I was all. Re- you can read it. Read it oh, clear as day. He was. He was Lord. very upset on the about bench. About the Rams. About the game. He was very oh, upset. The whole game. Okay. He was yeah. upset. I think so I do remember seeing him coming. out something like that. He's, he's coming. He's coming. Okay. All right. And you know, you know, they don't sit well with Brady. If Brady <laughs> mad, he gonna show you that yeah. he's mad. And what better way to do that than to go and back to the place AB that gave him his start? Gets A B back. Gets Gronk, a healthy Gronk. Well, I was Who also mention is that going back home as well, too. So, yep, it's so. another, another reunion there with Gronk Week and Brady. Week four is sweet. Week four is sweet. All right. So, um, so we'll talk uh, We'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit more. But for right now, just know the return is, is coming. The return is coming uh, Sunday night. Yep, Sunday night. In Foxborough? Yep, in Foxborough. It's going down. All right. So, next up, um, Chargers. Chargers are for real. They're for real. I don't know if you noticed, but they for real. They kept up with the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs. Aren't they currently undefeated? Nah, they no, lost. They, they lost, lost a little. The first game. They, no, they lost the second game second to game. the Cowboys. Second, and yeah, you're right. You're right. And you know, it was just a couple. Who you know, was also just a couple we'll penalties um, that kind of ruined that game. They mm-hmm. possibly could be a three 0 but end of the day, a really good two and one team. Um, and they're, they're scoring. Good start. They're yes. scoring the ball. And um, defense they, is coming together. Defense is coming together. Nice. They they have a team. They're they're a th- real threat. To what's going on. So shout out the two LA teams. Eckler looking nice too. Eckler's looking good. I usually talk a little down on Eckler. Eckler's looking um, good. But he's definitely looking good so far. Yep, Uh, yep. Fitting the role right with Justin Jackson kind of coming in every Mm -hmm. now and then. Um, But Eckler's looking good in that that pass catching role. Mike Williams, we know what he doing. I'm not going to talk too much, but we know what he doing. (laughs) And Keenan Allen just doing normal Keenan Allen things. Justin Herbert is putting him in a position to make big plays. So that team is flowing and going. Um, next up, the Bears. They got just trounced by the Browns. Justin Fields, he wasn't ready. He wasn't. <laughs> <Not at laughs> he wasn't ready for yeah. Miles Garrett, man. They were they, that whole front seven linebackers. The whole uh, the coaching staff was just, wasn't ready yeah. for Miles Garrett. The whole organization just they were not ready. At I'm all. calling it. I'm calling it now. Lions upset against the Bears. The Bears are reeling right now. Their back is against the ropes. You got the head coach talking about he has three quarterbacks and all of them are up for possible start in the, in this coming game. We're in week four. What are you doing? That's supposed to be already resolved. What are you supposed doing? To kind of stick with your player unless he gets injured, which he did. Andy Dalton got injured, but yeah, man, that's you're supposed to have a game plan, especially for how much hype Fields has got. You would think you'd have a plan already kind of set in stone Something. in some way. To where, like, he just doesn't look so... Like, he was... Not, <laughs> they did not open the game at all for him to, like, really show his talent. 
That uh, old line doesn't just, help. That, they couldn't get it going on the ground. They couldn't uh, get it going through the air. I mean, what's really going on over there? What's just, really going on? That was a long game. And I'm sure the whole time Phil was just like, God, Coach, just take me out, help, Coach. Yeah, <laughs> help, help me, please. Help, help, help me. Help me, please. Help me, please. But dang, they just made him look so bad. And if you listen to the previous episodes, um, I'm really a big fan of Justin Fields and his potential. But the position that he's in right now with the pieces that are around him, it just it doesn't seem like it's made for success. There's going to have to be a drastic change. Either the coach finally unlocks this hidden level of, of, of game planning and strategizing, or he doesn't have the opportunity to do that because he doesn't have a job. It's, it's, it's just a lot of <laughs> uncertainties right now in Chicago, but um, they got to get it figured out, and they got to get it figured out fast because yeah, they're man. wasting talent. And Second you know. first-round pick at a quarterback, that's just not panning out. Like, you spend yep. first round, you expect them to play, and you have some kind of plan for them. We've seen the first-round quarterbacks playing so far. Not all of them have been great, but mm-hmm. you still see them playing, getting adjusted to the NFL. The offense is built off of them, mm-hmm. and then you see a field, and it's like – <laughs> there's just no there's no trust there it almost yeah. seems like now Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are not playing at a high level they're going through their rookie woes but there's still a trust around them you know you hear when Robert Sala talks about Zach Wilson he still compliments him and you know encourages him there's a sense of encouragement that goes into it um same with Trevor Lawrence like whatever you can squeeze out of Urban Meyer <laughs> any sense of positivity or or you know, just any sign, any glimmer of hope, um, he does show that. And he does say that when he talks about Trevor Lawrence. Um, Justin Fields, he just seems to be in a revolving door of what's really going on. Like, it, it's just, he has the talent. Um, even, even Trey Lance, he comes in. He has his situational plays. He came in this past weekend, thrown <laughs> in on like a fourth and one or a third and one. You knew he was coming in. And he runs it in for a touchdown off a beautiful block by Trent Williams, might I add. I saw yes. that earlier. Boy, Trent, um, he be doing his thing. Man, so it's just like, and then you go to Justin Fields, and, and it's like, okay, well, what what are you good at? But we know what he's good at. Mm-hmm. We just don't see the opportunity. He has the opportunity, but we just don't see the the chemistry yeah. or the, the confidence. It just doesn't seem like there's a, there's a sense of not having confidence in – him, as it seems, but maybe they should think about the fact that they're maybe just not confident in themselves to get him prepared. I mean, what what do you what do you think? I mean, I I can see that as a good point, being that majority of this staff is still partially the staff that was trying to develop Mitch Trubisky. Oh God, um, that you know you saw where you saw where the development went for him. Um, again, another first round quarterback, and he was there for about five years and. That five years, you did not see much progress at all. Granted, there was a nope. Ryan Pace there. It's before Nagy, but Nagy still came in. He's been there for about two years now, I want to say. Didn't see any progress from Trubisky. You let him go. You get another first round, and you still don't see as much development. You hear about it, but you don't see it on the field. Um, and again, yes, some stuff was Justin Fields just really no, not making the reads, holding on the ball too long, leaving the pocket too fast. But at the same time, when you see him getting constantly blitzed and constantly being under pressure, you can understand from his perspective, he, he may not feel like he has the time to like let a play develop. 
because this is everything running around him, and it's on the offense to make sure they have dump down and short routes and hot routes for the quarterback in these situations, knowing that he's going against one of the top defense in the NFL, who Miles Garrett made it very clear he wanted more from his defensive line, so you should expect you know, a high-pressure game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have a Montgomery, you have a, you have a, a Mooney, you obviously have A-Rod, but you have some players who are quick, you, you can get the ball to, dump it off, make, you know, some quick dumping, no dump, kind of dumping dinks kind of things, but they did not. I don't know, just nothing, man. And, and it's, utilize and it's, it. And you just, you just, it's weird. You just don't see no development, no game plan, and you can't have that as an NFL coach three or four years in as your head coach position. Like, it's... Something you got to get together, man. You're wasting too much talent, and, you know, that looks bad on Justin Fields. But it doesn't look bad on him. I, everyone can understand, like, this was more of a coaching than it is a him yeah. kind of thing, which is a good sign. Like, that, that was a good takeaway from this was that he didn't really – yeah, he had some bad moments, but it just was not a Justin Fields yeah. game where he messed it up. It was like, okay, the Bears truly let him down and let that yeah. man – they almost, you know, losing their pick. He took I, a lot of hits. He did. He took a he lot did. of hits. And I, and I don't think the scale is tipped to kind of um, – discredit him as as an athlete as a quarterback i think as you stated it's more so the responsibility of the coaching staff to prepare him you know it's a brand new situation for him if you go to a brand new job you have a set of people that is going to prepare you for your role any job you go to for the most part you're going to have a set of people who are going to prepare you for this role and you're expected to be in that role and do the job but you're not going to be able to be in that role and do the job the right way if the people who are training you aren't necessarily, you know, doing the right things. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now, at least from what I've been able to see in terms of his performance on the field, press conference remarks. Uh, just it, it's it's a conf it's confusing. It's confusing, <laughs> bro. Like you have such high hopes and talent for this. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of words. No action. And then even the words that you're getting isn't giving you any sort of benefit of the doubt. You're, you're throwing in Nick Foles and, 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 and a hurting Andy Dalton in a conversation with who's going to be there next week. What a Nick Foles. That you it's were Justin about Fields. <laughs> it is 100% Justin Fields. And you say that to your, your rookie quarterback. You, there's no, at this point, if Andy Dalton was healthy, all right, say it's Andy Dalton. You want to get him back in there continue to nurture Justin Fields. Andy Dalton is not healthy. So your answer should not even exist with Nick Foles. Your answer should be Justin Fields. That shows the confidence that you were just speaking on. The fact that they even have to go to that route of a Nick Foles. Again, their third string quarterback who they're already looking to trade when the season started. So just like you're saying, you should stick with Justin Fields and you have a better opportunity against a lesser defense in the Lions. Another brand new team. New coach, perfect opportunity for Justin Fields to continue to showcase his talent and hopefully showcase a better game plan. But now you throw in a confusion, which, you know, mentally, less confidence on Justin Fields. Yep. Granted, I'm sure he's fine, but you still, that does play a part of just understanding, like, wow, I went from being a starter, talked about all year, to now maybe not even starting again for another quarterback. Not saying Nick Foles is bad, but... Do you want Nick Foles or do you want Justin Fields to kind of run the, the show? Future is on? Fields. Like, you want Fields. Use Nick Foles to trade for an offensive lineman or something that's going to help Justin Fields or another skill player or something in that regards. And worrying about trying to, I don't know. <laughs> are there Foles. are there no free agent offensive linemen? Is that not a thing? Because I feel like I see like trades all the time for like corners. I think and, there's a and DBs, but it's like there's like one or two. Some of the problem is um, schemes cap. Okay. All right. Cap room. Some players do. There are some. I think there's like two linemen who are decent. Like, 
this um, O line got signed off the free agency or the practice squad or something. It happens a lot. There's just no one that's been that's dominant. Like there's really not a lot of dominant offensive linemen, uh, so to say, like individually, like all the ones yeah. that you know. It's that's pretty much there. That's really the position, biggest thing for yeah. offensive line is like the chemistry between the line of understanding like when to pick a gap when someone's blitzing. And all, the, and all the things in that regard. So, like, that's another issue. There are some good linemen, but then you have a bad chemistry problem where the line is not making the right calls on one side of the line, and that's what causes issues. So it's a lot of that, too. There's not a lot of IQ players on, across the line that can do that, and that's why you have your great linemen who know how to call out plays, who can read when the defense is doing something, um, as well as a quarterback does, which is which is great to have. If you don't really have that, then that's what makes it. That's why Jeff Saturday was such a great coach, a great center for Peyton Manning. He, he would help call out plays along with Peyton. Um, and that's what like that was just another good example of just you know really good offensive linemen yeah. and what the skill is that's other than just being physical. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, all right, all right. Well, hopefully we get some answers from Matt Nagy and company about Fields and Andy Dalton, or I mean, just that whole offense, that whole organization. Like we just need answers, please and thanks. Uh, next up, Washington defense overhyped, mm, bit. Just yeah. a bit. Just yeah, a bit. Rough start. Very yeah. rough start. Still um, early, but actually, it's not good. Yeah, it's it's not. They're certainly not who they were last season. And um, there's really no reason why they came back with the same team, same defensive pieces, same coaching staff. Um, different quarterback at this point, but that shouldn't really affect the defense. But overall, the defense has been getting torched. And kind of towards the end of the season last season, they did have some trouble. They did have some um, susceptible moments in that secondary. They would definitely get beat on the outside a lot. And um, they just gave up two back-to-back games of 100-yard receivers, uh, 100-yard games for receivers. So Top five for most uh, uh, passing yards allowed so far. Yeah, I think they're second. Yards. I think they're second behind... Uh, they're is it? fifth. They okay. have 945. Um the okay. Bucks and Cowboys still lead, but uh, as far as receiving yards allowed, uh, rest, yeah, top five. Rest yeah, that's, not, well, that's sorry. not good. Ooh, well, bottom Washington, five, really. Yeah, bottom five. Um, but yeah. Washington leads in that um, in that area, which is not a good sign. Like last year, they were like you were saying, they're pretty dominant towards the end of the year. It did it did kind of they got picked apart they a little bit, up. but they, they still yeah, the, but they still did their thing. And uh, you know, off season wise, we thought they were gonna come in powerhouse, and yeah. Has not showed yeah, for it. Hasn't showed yet. The Bills so. just ripped them apart. Yep, and I think they got a tough matchup coming up this week too. I want to say they play. Uh, oh, not a tough. Well, they're gonna be digging down some touch match with their hands full with Calvin Ridley and them boys. That's right. But uh, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about them a little later. We'll talk about them a little later. Um, actually, we'll talk about them right now because they were next up in the recap. Them Falcons get a win and the Giants, gone Giants. Um, Falcons get their first win, first uh, walk off win for yeah. Cool this year. Um, so shout young out to young young Ho, young Ho Cool. Um, yeah, so the Falcons got their win. They needed that. They needed that with with the way the offense hasn't looked too great, Man, the way the O line hasn't looked too great, the way Arthur Smith is. You know, tight end whisperer hasn't really unlocked all. Kyle yeah. Pitts as much as people would have wanted to. <laughs> Granted, they probably spent a fourth or fifth round pick on yeah. Kyle Pitts. I'm, I'm, I'm He's not returning their, Kyle Pitts. Uh, I'm curious of their scheme. Like, why is Cordell Patterson such a heavy factor? On the, I just that's what like when I was watching the game, I'm like, man, why why didn't Pitt get his first catch until the fourth quarter? 
And then Cordell yeah. has, was just was just cutting up. So Zadarius getting his shares. Really, obviously, going to get his shares. Um, there was like another tight end, another receiver that just kind of joined Cord- in. And I'm like, what is going Cordell on? Cordell Patterson is, is like a is like a like a, Tyson, a Janu Smith. A Tyson, I say more. Uh, I would say Janu because he goes in at running back too. Janu is just a good. That's what I'm saying. But now but Arthur Smith has the accessibility for someone who has a similar build to a Janu who can catch and quicker, and he can play a running back role. Like that more so seems like Arthur Smith's like bread and butter style. I don't really know what their measurables are in terms of like, you know, the build or whatnot. But Cordell Patterson is a that's a he's a bigger yeah he's not running back yeah he's, he's not probably small. like six two maybe somewhere yeah, around I would there. say six two because he started off as a receiver he was he came in the league yeah. as a receiver and return man and then converted into a, a running back along yeah. the way and which works has <laughs> worked out good for him yeah I mean maybe I don't know I don't really we don't really know what this what the scheme for Kyle Pitts is um I mean. I I was it's still early so that's why I'm I'm you know it's it's cool but it's come just along. it's just you don't expect to see it again out of a fourth a fourth pick first round the fourth pick in the NFL draft who is highly tutored the whole entire time he was waited to play all preseason everyone wanted to see Pitts you got to see a glimpse of him on a 20 yard crossing route and then from here like he had a good game last game he was kind of consistent in the offense I think he had about five catches. Um, yeah, like 50 yards, 50, 60 yards. So he had a decent game. And that's why I was like, okay, maybe this game, which would be a perfect game for him to kind of build up on Giants, lose Blake Martinez, their best defensive line, uh, linebacker. I'm sure Bradbury's had his hand full with Ridley. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a game for Pitts to operate, but they still went with the Cordo Patterson, which, you know, cool. Cool for him, you know, continue to do that. But you want to see at some point some consistency with Kyle Pitts if he's, you know, you drafted him as high as you did. That's you could have waited. You could have waited if you're gonna for this kind of. If production. anybody's to blame here, it's really Mike Davis. <laughs> yeah, if we had to pick somebody to blame here, Mike Davis, you are the culprit, because you too were drafted at a rather high ADP. Yep. Because of your last. Uh, Four to six games yeah. in the last four to six. I mean, I'd say, I'd say a, a few of the uh, – four out of the last six, I'd say you had good – because towards the end of the season, it started to dwindle a bit. But over the last six games, you probably had some respectable high-end RB2 numbers. And now that you're not performing, Kyle Pitts just can't step in and be the Band-Aid for that situation. They don't necessarily have a backup running back. So they bring in a gadget player with a lot of intangibles that can fit into the tight end, running back, wide receiver mold. Somehow Arthur Smith was able to unlock that out of Cordell Patterson and not Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I, it's it's, it's yeah. wizardry. It's sorcery of some sort. I just don't know. I can't explain it. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Falcons get a win. Giants going giant. Next up, we got Bengals. They serve Pittsburgh. Served them up. Which is crazy. I think Pitts won about five five year, five years, games in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Against them? Uh, yeah, in Heinz Field. Nah, Bengals just – oh, at Heinz Field, yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, but at, Bengals at just Heinz lost Field. to them – uh, Bengals beat them back-to-back because they yeah. beat them last year when Juju was dancing. Yep. And then they beat them this year with Tyler Boyd saying that, uh, that they, <laughs> they gave up. up. Yeah. Yeah, gave up. But yeah, um, I think it's the first time they've lost in the past five games at Heinz Field. 
um, which was big. I, I think we all, I mean, we talked about Najee Harris, which still had a good game, but we thought this was going to be a game where the Steelers, say run away from, but you expected them to win this game. But Tyler Boyd, Jameer Chase had other had other uh, other Jamar? things. Burrow? Huh? Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. Yep, said Jameer. Jameer. Jameer Nelson? That. Right? That's his everywhere, right? <laughs> Jameer Nelson. Right, Jamar How Chase. I even think of that name? Where the hell is Jameer Nelson been? Hey, it's an OG. Yeah, he definitely OG. OG Shout there. out Jameer Nelson. But um <laughs> Yeah, but Jamar Jamar Chase, um, he's been doing his thing. And uh, you know, it was a Tigginsless offense, which you know I even makes it even much worse for the Steelers that they didn't uh, have Higgins, yeah, they didn't have Higgins, have Higgins playing. Um so that's just I don't know, man. Big Ben. It's not. Mm. It's, it's old Ben. Mm-mm. It's like the ride, man. Big Ben is a little hen, is what. <laughs> <laughs> that elbow is just not working. Sense, that man be getting <laughs> hit, and he just be grabbing that arm. And that made no sense, but it's not Big Ben. I know that's not what I saw, and I have not been seeing these last few games. But um, it could be that time. It could be that time that we just... You know, the organization needs to move on from yeah, which was Big already, ben. you know, was kind of like a somewhat of a conversation, and you already get the idea that this mm-hmm. may already be Big Ben's like last year. It's you already like, got that that sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Really feel like because of elbow injury is one of the big reasons he's even back playing again. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, man, it's like you said, it's about that time. It's about that time. It's about that time. <laughs> uh, Ravens they escape on a record-setting sixty-six-yard field goal. Come to the front of the Justin office. Tucker, that man is a killer because he also gave it to them just like that last year. Yeah. On a walk-off field goal, I believe, the Aaron and it Rogers was at kickers. Yeah, it was at um uh Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, on the side, no, no, simple on Justin Tucker. I don't know if you noticed, but this week was like the week for kickers. I don't know if you saw, oh, yeah, but a lot of kickers had like 15-plus points. And I'm like, It was Dang. a kicker week. It was a <laughs> kicker was out week. Here just kicking away, huh? It was it a was... kicker week. I agree with that. And Tucker led the that. way. Tucker did lead the way. So, um, yeah, Lions were so close, man. And we, I called it last episode. I said I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions mm-hmm. beat the Ravens. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I don't know if I mentioned on the episode. It might have been just off, off the mic. But um, I thought about it. I'm like, yo. I think this is a game that the Ravens could lose. It's a hard fought team in the Lions. And they and they can score. You know what I mean? They can score points. They they kind of showed us that the first week against San Francisco. Everybody had that at least like a 15 point blowout. Mm-hmm. And they ended up losing by 10, I think. 31 to 41, I think was the score or something like that. So they put up 30 plus points on the, on San Francisco. So it's not a team that can't score. They just have little mistakes here and there. Yeah, you know, new and, teams. Uh, new so, teams, you know, yeah. It's bound the to happen. Woes. They're gonna they're gonna start off strong. The hardest part is gonna be closing out games. And as they continue on with the season and getting through these tough battles, you'll see them close out the game. Similar to Miami about two years ago when they started off about zero and six, zero and seven, and uh-huh. they turned it around towards the end of the year. And then we already knew like, okay, they're gonna be a good team next year. And I feel we, me and you've been talking about it. The Lions are gonna be a good team within the next year or two if they continue on with the same energy and the same passion and. Coaching yep. culture how they have going on right now. I love the culture there, man. I love the culture in Detroit right now. It seems very reflective of the Detroit culture in terms of the city and the people. Very hard nosed, blue collar, um, just you know, just real rough and tough. Punch you right in your mouth. Right in your mouth. Right in your mouth. Watch your mouth. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing their growth. Of course, I like what I see from DeAndre Swift. Um, I see a lot of people doing their victory laps on Twitter. I, you know, I watch it from a distance. If you know how I felt about DeAndre Swift, you knew how I felt about DeAndre Swift. But just know that Man, he was he was one of my people for this season. Was shaking everybody. You already know. You already know it. All right. So, 
Um, what's next? Rams show up and show out. I don't really want to talk too much about that, but they put it on the Bucks. Um, another big game for Cooper Cup. Another not so big game for Robert Woods. That man, Cooper Cup is cook. He's good in like eleven targets. About eleven targets a game. Yeah, which which he's going crazy. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Woods to get his. I was looking at the numbers. Woods is only getting like six. So I'm I've been telling myself around week seven or eight it it should balance out out a little more. It'll balance. But I definitely like the way the Rams are playing. Um, we kind of, I don't want to say we expected this big, I don't want to say a blowout, but we expected a tough game, but it definitely like the Rams were just on another Rams level. Rams were 100% in control. They were on another level. Deshaun Jackson showing. He, he came out and popped out Deshaun out of nowhere. Deshaun Jackson. Quick little 100-yard game with a touchdown. You know, that just came out of nowhere, and that's and that's the threat that, that, that they, they the Rams show. You know, they have a Van Jefferson that. that you forget sometimes maybe that they have the vet. Higby. And Deshaun, yeah, Higby doing his thing. And then, of course, like we talk about, Cup. Mm-hmm. Wood is obviously a problem if he's going, and um, looks good. They look good so far, and definitely they look very good. this looks like the preview of the NFC Championship game. Um, it's either gonna be Bucks, Packers, or Rams. Is how I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, be my I like three that. Teams. I like that assessment. Um, last one here on the recap. Uh, Titans do win. They lose AJ and Julio was limited in the second half. Um, ugly win, but a win nonetheless. That's right. Uh, I know you're happy about that. What they wanted to. Uh, two and one. Two and one. Okay. Two and one. Um, yeah, lost the first game against the Cardinals, and then I'm gonna say surprisingly, but we won the field goal or won an overtime against the Seahawks. This might be the goodbye Derrick Henry window because I know a couple people were, you know, I got a trade offer in one of our leagues for Derrick Henry. Um, they wanted my Aaron Jones, mm. and I turned it down. I turned it down. But uh, if you have the opportunity to get Derrick Henry, I think this might be a buy low situation. Um, simply because I think we're gonna see some issues with the with the wide receivers. Yeah, I think not the, the way these injuries are coming <laughs> up. Um, you know, AJ Brown, who's been limited with the hamstring, he hasn't had, you know, in fantasy wise, he hasn't had the not. greatest performances. Um, and then yeah, in general, yeah, and then with the hamstring hasn't. now, you know, how much more limiting is that now going to be to an already, you know, middle of the pack production? Yeah. Certainly not what you expected, considering where you probably took him in your drafts. Mm-hmm. So um, there is room for concern with that. Yeah, and, and what I do I think they do? Yeah. Maybe run a slower offense, run the ball a lot more. Um, it's, it's tough, it's, and, I, and, yeah. and I know I spoke and about it. And out, uh, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was out. He's been out um, about a week or two, and I know I spoke about it in like the first episode. I was saying that although yes, we do have a good offensive team on paper. If AJ Brown or Julio Jones, one of them gets injured, like that's that's about it. We're already down. Josh Reynolds got a couple receivers on IR, so it's just definitely look for you know a Henry type best to kind of take over when we start to see this you know this dwindle down to wide receiver injuries and definitely on the Titan side, there's not <laughs> there's not much ain't much options over there, over there receiving wise. So I might I might have they to make a little sleeper some. They might have to put on some pads if they need me to. I'm, I'm call I need, me. Yeah, I need some secondary. Call me, Mike. I could be. I could be. Ray, bro, I'm, I'm available. I could be cornerback and quarterback, quarter cornerback. We could just start a new, a new position. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the next section. Let's talk about that's injuries and waivers. So starting off, KJ Hamler, unfortunately tore his ACL, so he is out for the season. Um, big blow to that receiving core, especially after already losing Judy. So, in terms of waivers, you might want to pivot Tim Patrick. This is a good week to probably get your 
uh, waiver fulfilled and burn that waiver on him because more than likely he is available on your waiver wire. And if he is, he definitely just put himself into a primary role, which is something that he didn't have early on in this season and even last season. It wasn't uh, something that was always available to him. He was the third or fourth option. Now he pretty much has the ability to be the second option behind Cortland Sutton, him and Noah Fant uh, working that two, three, um, you know, wide receiver role. Uh, let's see here. As we talked about the Titans, AJ Brown's hamstring, definitely worth monitoring with that. Um, he did leave in the first quarter and was ruled out after that. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Blake Martinez. He is out. Um, do we know how long? I know. Towards he got, oh, he tore his. Ew. Yeah, he's gone so for the season. So that's season. a big Man, blow. Big blow, big blow to that to uh, defense. defense. Sheesh. All right. Well, um, speedy recovery to him and and Hamlet. Um, both with torn ACLs. Man, sheesh. Uh, next up, Juju. His ribs. He was ruled out. Um, haven't heard any updates as we record this. It is just Tuesday. We know how Tuesday is. You don't hear much. Wednesday, you don't hear much. Thursday, you start to hear a lot more. Friday, you hear more, and you decide if you're panicking or if you're okay with what you're hearing. Um, last here, uh, uh, is it the last one? No, one more after this. But James White with a hip uh, substitute. Hip subliminal. Yeah, so with the hip with the hip sublimation. A, a hip subliminal. Yeah, so with the hip subliminal, um, he's probably gonna be out for a while. But it is a hip injury. Um, probably gonna be out for a while. As I saw reports that they were working out a number of different running backs, so that can't really uh, bode well for James White's uh, James White's return anytime soon. Uh, lastly here, and this is probably one that's kind of going under the radar for the most part, but Marlon Mack, he was a healthy scratch last game. And when asked about it, uh, because the possible trade is in the works, return of the Mac, return of the Mac. So, um, for anybody who has room at the end of their bench for a possible good stash, um, some teams that I saw kind of inquiries think? going around. Um, I mean, I I know the Rams just got Sony Michelle, but I, I heard a couple people say the Rams. Um, I saw a couple people say uh, the Falcons. Um, I saw who else? I, there was another team that I said that I thought was a really good fit for him. Um, I can't remember. Can't remember exactly who it was, but uh, Marlon Mack. Possibly, you know, coming back off a torn Achilles. We didn't really see much from him thus far this season because he was stuck behind Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. But Marlon Mack, about three years ago, two, three years ago, was a solid, you know, RB2. Even had some RB1 games. So, granted, that was before the Achilles injury, so we don't necessarily know how he will return and in what capacity. But, like I said, it is something that, you know, especially if you're in a position where you're 0 3, 1 and 2, you're dealing with a lot of injuries. At this point, you either want to make mega trades. Not, I wouldn't say mega, but you want to make trades um, frequently or at least try to make trades. You hear that? Try to make trades. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, try to make some trades and play the waiver wire. Play the waiver wire. Take a shot on some people that'll probably end up on the end of your bench, but has tremendous upside. Maybe into a. 
you know, RB1, RB2 role, wide receiver one, wide receiver two role. Because chances are, if you're grabbing somebody off your waiver wires and stashing them at the end of your bench, um, they're not, you know, probably a focal point of your immediate team. All right, so Marlon Mack. Uh, so what else we got? We got anything else? Anything else? No. Before that's we, about it. That's about it. All right. So, as you know, our favorite segments are incoming. But before we do that, I wanted to go ahead and provide you guys with the usual sounds of the music slash instrumental intermission. Today on episode four, I bring to you an artist producer, engineer, YouTube, ah, I don't know, character, icon when it comes to reviewing um, tech, so like engineering gear, also with uh, showing followers and, and fans of his work um, how to use Studio One, uh, which is the, the program used to edit your music or record your music. It's a recording software program. Um, how he makes beats, how he plays instruments. Um, my engineer and been my engineer for quite some time. Um, I'm, I, I don't own him, so I'm not just going to say <laughs> my engineer, but he's been doing a lot of my engineer work on my records. Um, Ivan Calderon, Ivan Calderon. He just released a three track EP titled muse and it is uh, available on all streaming platforms so definitely go check that out he has a youtube channel with um if it's not at 2k it's probably over 2k subscribers right now super informative when i was kind of getting myself familiar with engineering and learning the ins and outs and understanding frequencies and understand the benefits of different plugins um he was definitely a page that i utilized to to get that knowledge so um definitely much appreciated uh this is one of his records off his project that he just released and like i said it is on streaming platforms available on all streaming platforms but the song that i want to give you today is the second one off the ep and it is titled daydreams now like i said he is a producer so it's just an instrumental very easy listening um, I don't know 100% if he played the instruments on some of these records. I, I mean, I know he does play the guitar, um, plays the piano. So, you know, he's talented in playing different instruments. I don't know if he specifically played the instruments live on this. But nonetheless, it's a great beat. It's easy listening. Um, so go ahead and uh, get that experience. Once again, this is Ivan Calderon. And the name of the song is daydreams i'll let that play and then after that you know the usual we'll be back with the you bought the bus segment who you gonna trust big trust segment big trust big trust woo woo and then the usual sleeper segment cue the snores <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know how to forget. Do people yeah, even do that? On, man. Oh, all I right, mean, cool. Do yeah. people do that? People make that noise when they sleep? I mean, I personally haven't heard it, but growing up, you know, you, yeah, all the yeah. shows okay, and I guess stuff you see, that's yeah. always right. there. But right. I just always it, do it. It's spot I on just... sound, though. You got it down right. packed. That's for all sure. Right. Shout out <laughs> me. Shout out me, then. All right, but we'll be back on the Fantasy Culture Podcast. Here's the sounds from Ivan Calderon from his project, Muse. Fantasy Culture Podcast. That was Ivan Calderon. Once again, you can follow him on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I believe he has a Twitter as well, but mostly Instagram and YouTube. Uh, the account is I'm, so that's going to be I am Ivan Calderon at I'm Alvin blah, 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 blah. <laughs> at I'm I am Ivan Calderon on Instagram, and you can also look up Ivan Calderon on YouTube. And uh, make sure you hit that subscribe on YouTube, support the homie, and then uh, also make sure you hit that follow button on the streaming platforms to stay up to date for when he releases future productions. Shout out Ivan. Yes, sir. All right, all right. So moving on into our. Favorite segment, first and foremost, we about to talk about the players who are about to bust. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. So, the players who are not going to have a good week this week. Um, Last week, we had a pretty good showing. What was last week? Last week was about to bust. I had uh, Debo and Damian Harris. And I said Debo would finish outside the top 15, and he did. And Damian Harris also struggled against New Orleans on the ground. So I did hit on my about the bus last week. You had, who you have for me on about the bus? I had Terry oh, Scary and Terry. Brandon Cooks, which I hit on one. I hit on Scary yeah, Terry Brandon and Brandon Cooks. Cooks still, books. still, he still <laughs> cooked. He still got his, his shares. He got like 18.2. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, he got he had a he good show. Scary Terry did not. I think he had like 10. Or yeah, like you had that. like 10. Yeah, it was, he didn't it was, have much at all. It wasn't what you were looking for from Scary Terry. Nope. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's talk about it. So let me see. I, I, I mean, I'll jump it off. Let me go ahead. I'll, I'll start it off, and then we'll we'll switch it up. Um, first off, I have Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds on the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he's going up against the L.A. Rams on the road, which is not the greatest matchup. Um, the Rams are 11th best against the run. Um, you could pretty much discount the last game by Giovanni Bernard. He had the most PPR points on them this season thus far with 20.5. And a lot of it came in garbage time. And then he dove in. If you watch the, the Bucks and Rams game, he dove in for like that, you know, one yard TD pass um, at the end of the game. So 
if you would even cut that game, even in half, say it wasn't even 20 points, he only got 10, uh, the Rams would be top five against the run. So that just goes to show you that garbage time minutes do make a difference in fantasy. Um, now, I know you probably say historically in the past uh, when they've matched up, Chase Edmonds wasn't the primary back because Kenyon Drake was there, you know, when, when he was with the Cardinals. Um, well, if you look at it that way, neither one of them were productive on the ground. Uh, Edmonds averaged less than 10 PPR points in five matchups. And Drake, who uh, was the primary during that, during that period over there with the Cardinals, um, he never rushed for more than 60 yards. And he had less than 25 receiving yards through the air in the previous four matchups. He was luckily to score two touchdowns and out of those four matchups, which put him at an average of 11 and a half PPR points. So Chase Edmonds right now, he's floating somewhere around the 17, 16 PPR point range. Um, he is more so of a PPR beast than he is in standard, just because he does get a lot of targets and a lot of looks. But at the same time, Kyler Murray hasn't really been too great against the Rams either. So overall, I think the team, the Cardinals are just kind of running into a buzzsaw. Uh, the Rams are rolling. They're playing another game at home, that beautiful new stadium. Um, Kyler Murray in the last, I think, four matchups, I had said, four matchups, he only threw for over 300 yards one time, which is very, you know, it's, it's, it's not frequent that Kyler Murray has those types of performances and then additionally um if you remember the last game he played against the Rams was the one that knocked him out with that leg injury so could he be going into this game with like I kind of have some unfinished business attitude more than likely but I think the Rams is just that good they minimize everything good that you're going to bring to the table for the most part. They were able to limit Brady as much as they could, even though he had still had a great game against them. Um, they definitely took certain, they eliminated the run game, whatever little run game they have over there in the Bucks. Um, but they also limited the receiving game, limited the receivers, and uh, kind of took away Gronk. You know, they took away Gronk, who's a big factor in that offense this this early into the season. So, um, and the defense, the defense is just, it's stout. You got Aaron Donald, constant pressure. You got Jalen Ramsey in the backfield, so uh, in the secondary. So, it's just a really good team, man. They have a really good team. Sean McVay brings a lot of energy to the team. Um, and I think that they're, everyone in that, uh, on that franchise and in that team is, feed, is feeding off of that right now. Um, and I just don't think the Cardinals, specifically Chase Edmonds, has enough, uh, I don't want to say talent because he has the talent, but I don't think he's going to be able to do enough to be truly fantasy relevant as much as owners would, you know, like him to be. So he's my first bot to bust this week. He's my first bot to bust this week. Chase Edmonds. Sit him. Sit him down. Don't even play him. Sit him. Don't even look at him. Don't even look at him. You want to play a Chase? Play Jamar. That's right. Jamar <laughs> Chase. Play that Chase. Okay, okay. Yeah. I like it, though. I like it. It's good. Right, really, who you got? Really what, good what, assessment what, what there. You, what you got going on here? Um, all right. So my first one here is Mr. C... What, C-H-E? 
Clyde, C E H C A Clyde she, Edwards Alaire, right? Yeah, Clyde C E H Edwards Alaire. Uh, that's my about the bus for this week. Uh, I know last week he did have a hundred yard rushing performance, if I'm not mistaken, against. The Chargers, who aren't the best run defense, so to say, much more of a pass defense. Um, but he did have a, another fumble, uh, which isn't going to look good at all. Um, he's had one already this week. Um, my biggest thing for him, he's going up against a much better run defense than the Chargers, as well as Mahomes also has not been playing great this past couple of games. And if this is not a team for Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, McCurr Hardman, um, Travis Kelsey to kind of get the ball rolling right now. The the Chiefs are 0-2, back-to-back losses, uh, which has not been really a big thing for them uh, as, as long as Mahomes has been the quarterback. The Chiefs 0-2? They're not 0-2. No, they've lost their 0-2 past two weeks. Oh, okay, like, okay. They've, yeah, they've lost so back-to-back back back games. Back. Yep, lost back-to-back games so far. So I'm, I'm looking more of this to being more of a Mahomes game to kind of get back on track. Again, he has not been playing good these past couple weeks, just making horrible throws that he doesn't normally do. Not just... Really bad decisions. Just trying to do a lot right now. So I really feel like this is going to be more of a game for Tyreek Hill, who's also been shut down the past two weeks as well. Um, it's just looking for the team to kind of get back on the right track. They were in the Super Bowl last year. So, you know, it's not something you kind of want to see from a Chiefs team. Um, I don't get, I kind of see this getting away from Clyde. I know he had his little 100 yard game, um, but I don't feel like that was something that was going to continue to build on. Um, the numbers has not been as great this year. So uh, that's that's my first about the bus. My biggest thing on this is this is definitely going to be a, a Mahomes and Tyreek Hill kind of game. Um, it's it's a perfect team. The Eagles don't have the best pass defense. Again, they have a good rush defense. I know Brandon Graham is out on the Eagles D line, so know that hurt. Um, but they still have are they're still pretty stout for the most part um, when it comes to stopping the run at least. Um, yeah, that's my that's my first about the bus. Okay, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I know a lot of people were banking on him. Um, I was never a biggest. I was never the biggest fan. Um, just you know, from knowing Andy Reid's offenses and how he tends to not utilize you know running backs that much. Even though you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire fits the mold of previous running backs that were able to have success with Andy Reid. Um, but in saying that, the Chiefs' offense is just not really built around. Um, Clyde Woods, yeah, Hilaire being... They're not built around, like, just their running backs are yeah, not, are not really, not. like, a focal point of the offense. Like, yeah, they'll get the ball, you know, obviously you got to run the ball, give them a couple of throws, but it's really not, like, a game plan for them. Like, mm-hmm. I, I never feel like it was. I know we talked about it, we actually talked about it this year, of an off, off record, and we were talking about how the Chiefs' offense may look to get... Clyde more involved, but I just over the years of Andy Reid, it's just not his offense. It's just not to really. It's just, just not his style. It's just, just not, it's not really his style. So, um, interesting to see what they do because uh, you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire is talented, but it's just it's real hit or miss some games with him. You know he doesn't do himself any favors either by fumbling the ball away. Um, you know he has to he has to create yards after the after the uh, you know the catch. If they're gonna primarily use him out of the out of the backfield, he has to be able to create yardage after the catch. Um, he has to be able to create yards on the ground. He has to be able to break tackles. So um, there's still a little, you know, he has a little intangibles here there that could use some improvement. Um, and hopefully they they see that and they continue to build up on um, his role in the offense so that he can continue to produce at a high enough level where it warrants his fantasy uh, relevance. Um, next up, next up, 
I have my uh, about the buses. David Montgomery. I just feel like the Whoa. Chicago Bears are in shambles right now. I feel like this is a trap game. I said it earlier. I think the Lions can win this game. And I'm not just saying it because I said it last week. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> it's going to hit I, one time. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, yeah. I'm going to just try this again. I'm going to play five on blue. Um, <laughs> but, but nah, I just, I just think that, you know, this is a game that's catching the Bears at a point where they're not in a good space. There's a lot of confusion. They're in a lot of disarray right now. And I just feel like the Lions are coming off a heartbreaking loss where they lost to that 66-yard field goal. But they have a lot more to hang their hat on simply because some of these elite teams that Vegas had the spread being a lot you know, wider than, than what we actually saw as being the end result, um, it goes to show that the Lions really are in these contests. They really are in these contests, and they're pushing these elite teams, the 49ers, um, the Packers for a half. They they were leading the Packers for a half. And then uh, they just played uh, the Ravens. They just played the Ravens Great and defense. won. They won. The Ravens won off of a 66-yard field goal. Which is no kicker Unheard is making of. that other than Justin. Unheard. Maybe Greg the leg, but other than that, Ah, Justin Tucker is like the only one who's making. You know who can make that? Who? Evan McPherson. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't do much this week, but I was like, he did it. He had like eight, I think, eight points. But they were in control of that game anyway, so it wasn't really anything crazy. But Evan McPherson can hit it. Give (laughs) him some time. Give him some time. Um, But yeah, man. But so the Lions are just—they're really in these games, so they're not as bad as. You know, it may seem on paper. They're just, they're going through, you know, first year struggles. Raiders 2.0. Yeah. L- little mental lapses here and there. Fumbling the, the handoff. Um, fumbling the hike. You know, letting the ball go through your hands. Blown coverage. Um, broken tackles. Leading to, you know, keeping drives alive. Just the little, little intangibles that I think with more experience, with more time, um, they'll be able to kind of hone in on those specifics and become a better team. They have all their draft picks. They have a lot of talent, young talent on that team. And I think they're headed in the right direction. I like what Dan Campbell's bringing. I like the attitude. I like what Anthony Lynn is doing for the um, you know, the rec- the uh, running backs over there with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. So I just really think that they're moving in two different directions, the Bears and the Lions. And I see the Bears moving away from certainty and the Lions moving towards certainty and maybe a little bit of confidence. And that's something that I'm just not seeing with the Bears. And that's why I don't think the, uh, David Montgomery is going to have a great game. Um, you know, he has played the Lions a couple times, um, but this just feels like one of those you can feel it in the air kind of games where it's just not going to turn out well. Um, for you know, for the Bears now, Monty did have a two TD against uh, a game against them last year, but I just I don't see that I don't see that happening. I, I just I just don't see it happening. Detroit always tends to be the weaker defense. Always you know historically they tend to be this weaker defense at least over the last you know two to three years, maybe longer than that. But they've always been in the bottom of the league against the rush in the past and just kind of against everything. But 
I think they're playing tougher this year. The defense looks a lot better. Still room for improvement, but you know they're looking decent. And I just, I just feel like this is a trap game. I don't have numbers. I don't have stats. I just feel like this is a trap game that if the hot seat for Matt Nagy isn't scalding right now, it's about to burn through his coaching gear straight to the cheeks <laughs> because, because he's going to feel this pressure, man, like no other. And I think it starts with the Lions. I think they lose this game and the Lions get their win and Chicago ends goes to one and three. And uh, the Lions move to one and three. So that's my take. David Montgomery, I don't think he has a good game. And he's my second bout to bust. Yeah, I love the take. I definitely would agree. Uh, the Bears are in shambles. And it's only going to trickle down. We already see A-Rob is just his role is diminished at the moment. Knowing that he's a great receiver, uh, Montgomery is the best back when it comes to, like, breaking tackles. The very first time you touch him, he does not go down at first. But he's going to have nothing but people on him the whole time. And I just, I don't, I don't see, like you're saying, I don't see a great game from it. Lions are definitely looking to come back and get a W. And I just see them playing hard and just... Continue to just trounce on these bears that just are just not are not are not in it right now. Um, yep. So yeah, I agree. Definitely, I definitely like it. All right, cool. uh, for my for my about the bus is the man who 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 I I tried not to pick someone that's already been on the list. I already done it with Dalvin Cook. Um, I have not selected Najee Harris as about the bus. I know last week my boy Dre had him as the trust. Uh, this week I have Harris as the bust. Um, he had a twenty eight point PPR outing. <laughs> He had a 28-point PPR outing um, against the Bengals team who, you know, I thought he would at least had 100 yards rushing. But to be fair, he did have 14 receptions for over 60 yards. So if you add up 60 yards receiving with the 40 yards rushing, he got 100 yards in scrimmage. So, you know, we were we were kind of there when it comes to him getting 100 did, yards. Yeah. But um, for me, as I have him as about the bust. I don't expect another big game like that out of him as far as, like, catching the ball. Like, that was more than half his points. Um, I, can, you know, I can still see him being pretty – productive on the ground so to say um but i just it's it's not a game where i'm gonna see him getting that much volume and passing again i wouldn't want to see the stillers reverting to their running back as being a receiver when they have plenty of receivers um i know this past game he was obviously thrown in there because of injuries to deontay and then with juju going out uh chase was just all over the place you know he Chase Claypool had a good game just because of that and that's also led to Najee harris being able to have a pretty good receiving game um, but he hasn't cracked 100 yards this year yet running. The offensive line is kind of all over, you know, it's kind of a little bit of shambles as well with the split up this offseason. Big Ben is just looking good throwing the ball, so defenses don't really have to worry about, you know, they have to worry about the pass, but you're not really worried about that elite play that you're used to getting from Big Ben. Like, now you're just seeing kind of mediocre play. You're seeing him just trying to take risks, just trying to make something happen. Defenses are key. The Bengals are, they, they shut down the Steelers' offense, which the Steelers have not lost to the Bengals in five games at Heinz Field, and it's just it was completely different showing. And the Bengals just took it to them, and I know we all thought the Steelers, it would have been opposite, so to say. Um, so I'm not seeing a bigger game coming out of a team that's still kind of depleted with injuries, still has some question marks going on. Um, I still will see him at least getting about 60 yards. He was, I would say, more about 18 carries. Um, I think he had 14 carries um, along with the 14 catches. So, you know, you can eliminate those receptions. He probably still catch up the backfield. He did show he has some good hands, which is mm -hmm. great to see from him. So, you know, maybe that does open the game for him to kind of, you know, catch some screen passes a little more. 
Um, but I'm not looking for him to produce the same amount of numbers that he did or close to the 28 that he got this week. Um, so that is my bout the bus. I'm pretty sure they are playing with the Packers, right? Yeah, they play the Packers this week. Yeah, so I mean the Packers, you know, granted the Packers defense has, you know, it's been it's been you know beat up a little bit here and there through these, some of these games, but they also are are pretty a pretty strict defense and they're pretty disciplined for the most part. So um, you know, I just I don't see the same game. Harris having when he had a team like the Bengals and you're kind of upgrading in defense here. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's my about the bus. No, I mean, I, I definitely hear that. Um, I I want to say I agree, but I don't. But okay. I know he's on your team, but I can understand, though. I like I like his overall production. Um, I like the level of involvement they had him in. I think that just helps keep him involved in different aspects going forward. Um, I think they kind of tapped into his receiving ability early to kind of see exactly what they would be able to get from him and what they could and couldn't do. Um, so I I still like him. I still like him to have a good week. I think the Packers are susceptible on the ground. Um, you know, they just gave up a pretty decent game to both Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Um, Trey Sermon coming out of, I think, a concussion protocol or whatever and not even really being the focal point of that offense. They gave up a couple, you know, touches to, to use check. Use <laughs> check was able to steal a couple runs, so Kyle. I mean they 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 are beatable on the ground. Najee Harris is a big part of that offense, especially if we you know end up with uh, Deontay Johnson still. Is he on IR? He's not on IR. Um, I read he's gonna be he's, out a couple weeks though. Yeah, well, I read this week that he may, they try they may try to get him in a practice, but who who see okay. how's that goes? You know, it's a knee injury, and um, you know, yeah. obviously he was out last game, so. Um, it's clearly still bothering him, so it kind of just depends on how practice goes this week. I don't, I, for me, I don't. Who knows if he'll play? But um, I know it's something that they're trying to see if he can play this week. Okay. If he does, I think he'd be limited, though. I wouldn't think he'd be the full potential. Yeah. He'll be like Amari uh, Cooper this week. I don't know if he's that strong. Amari Cooper still be pushing through, even though he'd be limping on one leg and no I, I, arm. But yeah, you know, who knows? We'll I meant in the more so in the sense of like a distraction, gotcha. just yeah, out yeah, there yeah. and gotcha, gotcha. running yep. routes and you know yeah, getting yeah. five points and stuff. When you know, yeah, yeah, Fair. yeah. I mean, it definitely could be that. So if he does play, I was I would think more limited play than a full production. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So next up, we're gonna talk about the big trust. Big trust. Woo woo. All right. Um, I started off uh, about the bus. So you can go ahead and do the who you trust segment first if you want to. We'll jump into All you. right. Who I trust. Um, I know we didn't have a big outing from this player here, but my who to trust this week is Mr. Nick Chubb. Um, I know he only came out with, a, I think it was 8.9 yep, game eight this points. week. Um, I mean, he had good rushing, 84 rushing yards, so it's not like he wasn't kind of in the game, but this was a Kareem Hunt kind of game, which is bound to happen. Kareem Hunt is going to kind of take over some games. Um, you know, he's still a top talent r- running back, honestly. Um, but, you know, Nick Chubb just kind of, you know, he didn't really have to do too much. He kind of got to take the seat back a little bit. The defense was just destroying the Bears. Um, so, for wasn't me... Wasn't much action. Yeah, it wasn't too much action. I do see a much better game from him next week. Uh, granted, they are go- they're going against the Panthers, if I'm not... Yeah, Panthers. Yeah, going against the Panthers, who have been good this year. They're they're still top defense in both rushing and passing. Um, but the Browns are made for running, and their offensive line is stellar. I'm not seeing Nick Chubb not having another game without a touchdown. I definitely see um, a touchdown or two game here. Easily can still have another 80-plus yard game. 
um, with just the way how the, the Browns run their offense. They're already kind of limited at receiver in the sense of losing Jarvis Landry. Um, granted, Odell Beckham is finally back in playing, who had a decent outing. Um, he has a pretty good outing um, coming back from his injury, but I still see this as a Nick Chubb kind of game. Get a touchdown in about 100 yards and as the Browns continue to kind of roll and get this offense going. Um, as they did last week, they looked good against the Bears. Granted, it was the Bears, but they still kind of looked good. Offense was flowing. The running game was really was was, was pointed out against the Bears defense. That's usually pretty good against the run, but they were opening holes. Kareem Hunt, which is cutting back and forth, breaking tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Nick Chubb is better than Kareem Hunt to a degree. So you know, you can only imagine of just you know letting Chubb go ahead and cook as well. But yeah, that's my it's my about my first about the trust is Mr. Nick Chubb. And uh, one more thing, I think the Panthers only give up like three point eight. But I know Nick Chubb gets about averages about four yards a carry, so yep. um, definitely something to look out for. He still is a big part of just getting his yards. Okay, no, I hear that. I like Nick Chubb. I've always been a Nick Chubb um, fan, you know. So I, I like that. That Actually, uh, I lied. I'm sorry. What? He does not play the Panthers. Oh, it's not the Panthers. It's the Vikings. The, Vikings, the Vikings. That's right. That's have right. allowed 4.8 yards a carry, which is huge. And if you're talking about Nick Chubb here, he is going to cut up. Um. The Vikings defense is you know it's decent. They've been doing they've been holding it down, but um just definitely a game for Nick Chubb that he can definitely kinda of take over and not field with a team that allows an average almost five yards a carry, which you don't want to do that with a a team like the Browns who their focal thing is running. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. All right, all right. No, I, I um I still like that. You know, Nick Chubb against the Panthers, Nick Chubb against the Vikings. I still like his output too. So oh. it doesn't uh don't really matter about that. Um, Nick Chubb is pretty much a given. So when he does have down games, you're like, hmm. Yeah, that's how I felt this week. I'm like, man, eight points, but then I'm like, what's ah, going on here? Kareem Hunt, though. It's like he didn't have a yeah. – Kareem Hunt was kind of moving too, so. But then if you know Nick Chubb and you've had him like I have, you know following up with those eight-point games mm-hmm. is a big old 30- or 40-yard game that's going to set you right back, right back where you need to be. Uh, so let's see. My first uh, who to trust, who to trust is going to be Jalen Hurts. Um, Ooh, coming off hurt. a yeah, Jalen Hurts coming off a loss and a, not a great performance against the Cowboys. Cowboys had that number. Nick Sirianni messed up making that shirt. Them boys ain't <laughs> them boys ain't like that. Them boys in Dallas ain't like that. So, um, yeah, uh, Cowboys just trounced the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, but. I like Jalen Hurst's matchup this week. He plays the Kansas City Chiefs, who are third worst in points allowed to, uh, to quarterbacks. Um, not to mention with his scrambling ability, they just, even though this one was an instant classic, they just gave up over 100 yards on the ground to Lamar Jackson. Now, Jalen Hurts is not Lamar Jackson, but they possess similar rushing run. intangibles. Yes. So... Not to say that Jalen Hurts is going to have an 100-yard rushing game. I actually have my estimates a little bit later on in my uh, description here. But uh, I just see him having a bounce-back game against Kansas City. Like I said, their third worst in points allowed to QBs. They just gave up four TDs and zero interceptions to Justin Herbert in a loss. Um, Hurts coming off a... Pretty average, below average game with some garbage time um, rushing yards and and a TD to be accounted for. Um, But I think in this game, they find a little bit more balance. He's definitely going to have to utilize his legs a bit more. um, Just basically because the Chiefs don't necessarily have that sideline to sideline speed that the Cowboys do with, you know, Micah Parsons, of course. 
Um, he's a beast. Yeah, he's a beast. So Chiefs don't really have that. So I think it's a little bit, um, I won't say easier, but there should be more success on the ground for Jalen Hurts than um, he had against the, the Cowboys. So uh, just kind of look out for that. And then um, my numbers, my estimate, I say he goes for 80 rushing yards on the ground, 260 passing yards, two TDs, and one interception. Um, that's, my, that's my box score for Jalen Hurts. I like this matchup. I think he finishes inside the top six quarterbacks for this week. And Jalen Hurts is my first who you trust, big trust, woo, woo. Who you trust, Mr. Hurts. I like it, and I like Jalen Hurts. Um, definitely wasn't the greatest game for the Eagles, so I definitely and, definitely he, and, and he had he has a good attitude. He was talking about it earlier. You know, you go ahead and drop the deuce. <laughs> you gotta you drop don't the look deuce, at it. You just flush it and keep it, it going. It. And um, you just, it's great to hear that from him because again, it was not a great outing from the team. Um, so I definitely can see it. The Chiefs defense does allow a lot of yards on the ground as well. They're one of the top teams that have allowed so far almost 500 yards rushing. Um, and like you said, Jalen Hurts possesses. That talent to be able to run if he needs to run, and you know I, I can I can see a good game coming from this. Um, get the Eagles kind of back on track. Um, they look good in the first game, so it's kind of been they had a, a hard fought game against the 49ers. Um, you know they lost last week, just lost recently to the Cowboys. So definitely could look for them to try to continue to pick it up and stay stay the course so they don't get too far behind in that division. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. Um, what you got? Who you got? Right. So for me, you got Mr. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Who to trust. You told me that earlier? Nah. Yeah, I did. I did. That's I would have talked you out of that. What's nah. good? Joe, Joe Mixon. Mixon. Joe I need Mixon, to hear this. Man. Go ahead. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is my guy here. Um Mixon. For me, I got my Joe Mixon. Uh he's had he hasn't had the best two weeks. Um he had a first his first week was decent with thirty plus carries. Joe Mixon on a Thursday night? Joe Mixon. Um I don't oh. I'm I feel like the most big games have been has been Jameer Chase, Jamar, Jameer, Jamar. Why Jameer Nelson. Jameer? God, Lee. Jam- I, 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 I know Jameer I know Nelson someone. Jersey. I just know Jameer someone Nelson named Jameer, Jersey. so like it's just it keeps coming in my head. Jamar Chase. I don't see, you know, a huge production again from him on a Thursday night game. Um, I see Tyler Boyd still kind of be consistent. Don't know if Higgins is playing yet. Um, I'm would it. Yeah, he was out then, I, and I it's a Thursday, it, so you know who knows if they'll bring him back that yeah. quick. They probably could have left him out, so he can play Thursday Thursday game, even though it's not mm-hmm. a division game. Um, nah, but good. overall, I do like the matchup against a Jaguars team, who is another team that's in disarray. Granted, the Jaguars do allow only three point yards a carry. Um, they also are tied for the third team to allow the most touchdowns rushing. Um, right now, they're tied at five. Man, I see like too much, but it's still something to look at as far as right now and rushing wise. Most teams are not really allowing too many touchdowns so far, but the Jaguars are one that do allow that. Um, Joe Mixon is still getting 18 plus carries a game, so I can easily go ahead and see him being able to finally get a touchdown. It's been a little while. Um, kind of get some receptions at the backfield. The first game he started off with four. We know that was kind of a focal point was trying to get the ball and Joe Mixon's hands a little bit more out the backfield. The past two games, he's only averaged one target. And one reception, like just one target at the backfield. I don't mm-hmm. continue to see that, especially on a Thursday night games that are typically kind of iffy from a receiving standpoint. When like you know, when someone is hot, they don't really kind of pan out the same way in a Thursday night game. And right now, Chase is hot. Boyd is kind of doing his thing. So one of them is going to kind of have to play down, and someone else is going to step up. And I can see that being kind of a Joe Mixon this kind of game, especially if the if the Bengals happen to kind of get a little ahead. They had a great game against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Look for them to kind of run. Um, again, Thursday night, Jaguars are kind of all over the place. I don't really see them kind of getting that pattern or that stout defense to stop Mixon from getting more 
Um, then he know then a touchdown, and I can mm-hmm. I can still see eighty plus yards. I'm not gonna say he's gonna have a hundred yard game, but I can see a lot more active, at least the back coming out the backfield, getting a couple more catches, maybe two or three, thirty to forty yards, with at least a touchdown and eighty yards off another twenty plus carry game. Um, would be would be my would be my my uh, prediction for okay. Mister Joe Mixon. But that's that's my who to trust. The prediction I'm usually for against Mixon. Him. I'm, usually, I'm not a huge fan of Mixon, but he does still have his games where he does ball. Um, I can't put that past him. And this is a team that he could do it on if I had to pick a team um, for him to do it against. All right. Joe Mixon. Um, Another one that I don't agree with just because I don't necessarily like Joe Mixon from a fantasy production perspective. Same same here. (laughs) He gets a lot of work. You know what I mean? He gets a lot of work. And what you want is volume plus opportunity. He gets that. But – I, I, it's more exciting for me to have a receiver in that offense as opposed to a running back. And I know, you know, it can still be exciting to, to each his own. Different strokes for different folks. Um, but Joe Mixon is your second pick. I respect it. I look forward to seeing what he does do um, in this upcoming Thursday night game. You know me, Thursday night games, yeah. I stay away from because yeah, it's usually, uh, what's his name, CJ Uzoma. Who gonna lead the team in targets <laughs> and receiving yards? <laughs> yeah, the tight end. Yeah. Somebody I mean, out of Auden Tate comes in and leads the team in it's, targets. It's something to look out for. Someone's gonna have to step up, and it's, it's not gonna be whoever's crazy been on hot. Thursday and right nights, now, the man. receivers have been hot so far. Like Boyd and Chase kind of cut up last game against the Steelers, and you know something happens with when it comes to like you said Thursday nights to the what well, actually games. I actually am playing somebody on Thursday. I'm playing Marvin Jones. There you go. But I, but it, he fits like a Thursday night narrative. I don't know what a Thursday night narrative looks like, but I feel like <laughs> Mar I feel like Marvin Jones Jr. having I feel like a Thursday, Thursday like night a, good game seems like, like fitting. High. You'd be like, ah, oh, that makes sense. I thought it was a Carlos Hyde kind of game. You better get out of here with that Carlos Hyde. Hyde. Get out of here. All right. So next up, um, my second who to trust, big trust woo woo pick is Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Now, you probably ask yourself, how did he even end up in this segment? Calvin Ridley is a given every week. Ah, pump your brakes. Thus far this season, he has not necessarily shown that wide receiver one production that a lot of analysts were talking about in the preseason. Finishing wide receiver one overall, you know, leading in red zone targets, leading in different categories, and, you know, how productive he was set to be with another year with Matt Ryan. Well, all of that kind of doesn't matter if Matt Ryan doesn't look too great. And if that O-line can't hold their sneeze back. You know what I mean? They, they can't do it. They they can't do it. It's just it's just not looking good. But here we are. Calvin Ridley is my who to trust for the week. He's going up against the Washington defense. A Washington defense. Listen to this. They have that? The Washington <laughs> The Washington defense has given up 12 yards per reception. 12 yards per reception average. (laughs) brutal. And 247 receiving yards to wide receivers per game. You almost guaranteed a first down. (laughs) Every Every time. Every catch. They've given up almost 250 receiving yards to wide receivers. Just to wide receivers in the last... Since the beginning of the season. In the last three games. So... There's definitely some opportunity here for Calvin Ridley, and I hate to even say it because if you know what the Washington football team was supposed to be defensively, how can you even say that this is going to be a get-right game? But this is going to be a get-right game for Calvin Ridley, 
okay? I know he's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, the O-line is still trying to gel, still trying to get it together. Um, don't forget, last year, Calvin Ridley held the highest A-dot over that last year. A-dot is average depth of target. So how far downfield are you targeted on your routes? That's the measure of, of A-dot is what we call it. He led the league in that. He led the league in that completed receptions in ADOT last year. Um, you know, we have a new coaching regime with Arthur Smith. Uh, there's going to be some hiccups. There's going to be some uh, changes that you're going to have to get accustomed to, um, you being the team itself. They're going to have to get accustomed to. And um, it's going to take some time. I, I'm not discouraged from Ridley's performance, he's still returning decent numbers, but the bar was set so high last year that, you know, he was automatically going to be this wide receiver one overall. And I think I may have actually even said it myself just because I set the bar so high for him because he set the bar so high for himself. There was games that he was giving you over 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns casually. Like, that was a large part of his production last season was those kind of games. So why am I encouraged? Well, he's still commanding 20, almost 25% target share, and he's commanding a 33.3% target share in the red zone. So that means for every three passes that are thrown to the red zone, Calvin Ridley's getting a look every time. So what's the difference, you say? Why is he not producing like how he was last year? Well... The big determining factor is touchdowns. So far, he only has one. Last year, uh, week three, going into week four, he had four touchdowns. So you're looking at four TDs to one. That's really the biggest difference here. We're still talking about the same player, a little bit of a different offense. His depth of target isn't what it was last year, but they're getting to the red zone still. They're just not capitalizing which has been a struggle for the Falcons for a while as well, too. Getting to the red zone and not being able to, to capitalize, not being able to cash in. So I'm still encouraged. His target share is still high. He has that camaraderie with, with Matt Ryan. It's not like he got a brand-new quarterback that he's just trying to get in sync with. Still the same quarterback he's been with. Um, the TDs will come. I, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned about that. I think the touchdowns will come. Um, I think as the team continues to progress in the season, they will get better. And um, I'm calling it that Calvin really returns a top seven performance this week. I think he goes in and he shows, you know, who he is as, as a player and why he his draft capital was the way it uh, the way it was prior to the season. So I like Calvin Ridley to finish out as uh, a top seven wide receiver in week four. Book it. You heard that? Book it. I like it. I like it. I do like it. Like book a tee. Um, can I, you dig it? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely like it. Really, obviously, we know what he can do. Um, last year, he showcased it. This year, he's continuing to just trying to continue to find his groove in that offense. But it's bound to happen, especially against a team like the Washington football team who was just allowing receivers to do as they plead in their land. So Ooh. this is a game for an elite receiver like really to kind of go ahead and continue to get his footing and, mm -hmm. you know, up, uh, increase that touchdown increase. We don't expect to only see one um, for so long. He's going to get his shares it. for sure. Um, so I like it. I do like it. I love it. That's my, that's my pleasure. Really? Um, all right. Hey, so you got one more for us? 
No, I had my um. Did I do one? Yeah, I did my two. Yeah, yeah I, I did, did my two. Yeah, I did my two. Um, mine was Harris and. Nah, your trust. Harris wasn't your trust. No, he's my brother. I lied. I could have sworn to my big bro. Nah, you said that you were doing. Uh, you just did. Who you just did? Did I really just forget to play that? Yeah, I did mine. I did Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon and who else? Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. That's right. All right. Who? My bad. I had a little brain fart. Daydreaming. Now you're on to the next subject already. Something like that. I was getting ready to move on to the sleepers. Sleep. You about to catch me over here? Up. Oh, oh, sleepers. Okay. All right. Sleeper segment. All right. All right. So who we got? Ma, you want me to start it off? I, I'll do it real quick. My sleeper this week is Brandon Ayuk. No surprise here. I tweeted out earlier this week why I felt you should hold Brandon Ayuk. I think he's on pace of where he was last year. If you check the stats from last year, his first three games, he was off to a slow start. Granted, it was his rookie season. Off season, uh, preseason, he had that hamstring injury. Kind of getting eased back into the offense, getting eased back into the offense. Now he plays the Seahawks. Last year against the Seahawks, he had eight receptions for 91 yards and one touchdown. That was the one and only meeting he's had with the Seahawks. Now the Seahawks just gave up back-to-back games where they allowed a receiver to go over 100 yards. Julio Jones and Justin Jefferson just did it. Uh, So let's talk about Brandon Ayu. Week two, he had two targets. That was as much as Jawan Jennings and less than Trent Sheffield. Brandon Ayuk? Something's wrong there. Something's wrong. And I think they saw that. So week three, he had eight targets and a touchdown. So I think they're ramping up his usage. I like where it's going right now. And I think they're doing it at the right time. Um, Like I said, I tweeted out about this. I saw someone on my, uh, my Twitter timeline who was discouraged about Ayuk. And I thought I'd chime in because based on what I saw, I feel like he has a lot more potential to show. And I think it's going to be even more of a possibility with the uh, running backs being a mess right now. They don't have that same strategy, multiple running backs. uh, They don't have that this year. They don't. So they lean more on your use check and your Debo close to the line who also made some incredible catches last game, might I add. Debo, he definitely had some big catches. Um, but Ayuk, um, he was just, he's incorporated into that offense now, man. I like the way it's headed. They have a week six bye, and their next two matchups are pass funnels, Seahawks and the Cardinals, and even the Colts. The Colts Let haven't been rain. too good defensively. Huh? Let it rain. <laughs> yeah, the Colts haven't been too good defensively against wide receivers. So, technically speaking, um, you know, his next three matchups are, are you know, positive for him. Um, so, I like where they're going with it. I like where they're going. Um, the Colts, like I said, I mentioned the Colts. They gave up the seven most points to wide receivers so far this year and got torched in the slot by Cooper Cup and Tyler Lockett. You often see Brandon Ayuk sometimes play out of the slot. Uh, It's usually kind of, they move him around along with Debo, but he does have some snaps where he takes in the slot. If the staff recognizes that, there's a chance that they'll play him out the slot just to kind of test that hamstring, kind of test his ability to move and get him more involved into the offense. I am a committed holder to Brandon Ayuk. If you have him, hold him. He's going to make you a very happy 
a, a team in the next coming weeks. After the week six bye, their schedule kind of softens up. And I think, I think I'm going to go ahead and step out on a limb here and say it. I may be a bit more bullish in my assessment, but I can see him at the end of the season being tagged a league winner. What? Brandon Ayuk. I think he'd be a league winner. I think people panicked and dropped him the first couple early weeks. Yeah, I think it's possible. Y'all heard it. I think it's possible. I think he can be a league winner. I think people didn't know what to do. How much odds that is in Vegas? Can you make a bet on that? I don't know if Vegas takes bets on league winners. I don't know if they. Uh, I don't know if they have out. a division for that. But, um, I mean, book it. We'll see. But I'm calling it based on the schedule, based on his potential, based on just the status of the 49ers right now. I think he has the potential to be titled one of, if not the top league winner. Because there's going to be a couple people going to say, "Oh yeah, this was the league winner. This person on the waivers." Da 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 da. Brandon Ayuk right now has the, the, I like his possibility of being considered a league winner at the, at the end of the season. Brandon Ayuk is my sleeper. All right. Make sure we write this down. I'm going to save this. Yeah, I do like, mate. I like, I like Ayuk. I know that's been your guy. You went, um, definitely talk about him, but yeah. he's, he, I mean, he showed it last year. He definitely showcased his talent. Started off slow, but, you know, we saw that happen. Once he started going, we were like, every week, oh, man, a new highlight play. Whether he's jumping over someone, making a crazy catch, just, you know, not really going down, breaking tackles and still scoring. So, um, a Seahawks defense is definitely a team he can do it on. and It looks like it's going to be a good high-scoring game, so to say. It usually is a pretty good game between the two, so I I like it. I do like the sleeper pick. And um, he's bound. He's bound to continue to shine, like you said. Slow start, but starts to ramp up around this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, all right. So. uh, my sleeper is Mr. Tight End, Pat Fermuth. I think that's how you say it right. Did I say that right? Fermuth? The Muth is loose. The Muth is loose. The Muth is loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pat Fermuth. That's my... uh. That's, I think it's Friar Muth, but we'll, Friar we'll go Muth. Pat Muth? Yeah, it's called Muth. Pat Muth. Sorry, Pat, but... Uh, yeah, man, we uh, that 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 is my sleeper going up against the Packers, mm-hmm. who um have so yeah, far this up. year has been lit up by the tight end position. Uh, first week, AD called it, Juwan Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, that's his name. Juwan. And I man had a two touchdown game, had a couple big yards catching as well. Two tutties. Uh, the week after that, week two, the Lions, T.J. Hawkinson had eight catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. And a um, and the week after that, Hawkinson only had like six points. He didn't really do anything. So it mm-hmm. just, um, it just kind of shows that Packers is definitely viable for allowing the tight end position at least to eat while they kind of maintain other positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, currently, Vermouth had three catches and a touchdown for 22 yards. Um, with that being said. I definitely would see him be more involved in offense without having Najee Harris get 14 receptions. I'm sure that would dwindle down and kind of share that with Vermouth, who can easily um, go ahead and get you a touchdown. He's kind of been taking over Eric Ebron's spot, who has not done anything since week one. He's only had one catch for 19 yards, and he's kind of been phased out from the offense since then. He's only had one target the previous two games. Uh, Fermuth was already kind of highly tooted coming out of college as having some of the best hands. Great jump ball player. Um, you know, one thing we know about Ebron is he is not great when it comes to catching, so I'm sure 
uh, they feel a lot better having uh, Firemuth there. Firemuth for Muth. I'm just gonna bother me now. I'm gonna have to figure this out. <laughs> the Muth. Um, yeah, the Muth men. We're definitely. Um, I'm sure you know he's gonna be more involved in his offense. For me, I'm predicting another not too crazy of a game. Just a nice tight end position, a nice sleeper spot that I'm sure he's probably somewhere on waivers still. Top twelve finish. Um, mm, top twelve finish. That's hard, man. Because that depends when we get out of Big Ben. Um, I will, I will I will go on and let me know. I can see a top twelve finish from him. Um, okay. Because for me, I'm predicting at least yeah, a five catch game from him, too. a six like a six, five catches, sixty yards, and a touchdown, which is which for me is good from your tight end position, especially that is someone great from your tight end. Uh, position. Yeah, I'll take that. Especially Every someone time. in um in his field who isn't really, you know, he's 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 still kind of working on things, but he, we just know from far as off season. Um, any scouting things that's been done on him is that he's a pretty solid tight end who is in a perfect position to take advantage of the opportunities with the limited offense at the moment while they're still, you know, kind of figuring things out. Still, there's usually can drive down the field, and if one thing they're known for is getting their tight end in the end zone, um, is one person who's always been looked at, whether it's Eric Ebron last year, Vance McDonald, Nick Vanette. Um, you go on and on about Steeler tight ends, but that's one thing they've been a focal point on is you know red zone red zone targets because of the size. Um, so yeah, definitely look for you know nice little sleeper pick at a tight end position that you may not kind of been paying attention to if you need to fill in a spot. All right, the Muth, the man on the Muth. I feel you on that. All right, so Pat Fryermuth is a sleeper, and I said Brandon Ayuk was a sleeper. So those are our two sleepers for this week. We're going to go ahead and talk about the uh, games of this coming week. And then we're going to go ahead and close out the pod. So uh, matchups will just be quick. We're going to just uh, do a brief overview of each matchup and then um, just kind of discuss our takes. So uh, Bengals against the Jaguars on Thursday night. I think that's going to be a pretty decent game. Um, once again, you know how I feel about Thursday night games, man. I try and stay away from them because they never turn out to be what you want. So... We'll see. We'll see about that one. I got the Bengals in that one anyway. I think uh, Trevor Lawrence might struggle a little bit on his first primetime game. Um, not to sound crazy, but I would even maybe even stream the Bengals defense. This seems like one of those games where the Bengals can get two pick sixes yeah, because they, it's on Thursday night, and that's yep. what Thursday night games are about. Yep, and Lawrence hasn't the crazy. He hasn't been necessarily great with the football either. He's been throwing some interception these past week, so definitely can look, you know, just a kind of erratic throw. Prime time now, T. Law. It's different. Yeah, it's different. Um, Falcons against Washington. I like the Falcons here. They I need like a the win. Falcons here. Yeah, I think they win. can put together <laughs> two back-to-back wins, which would be great for the morale of that team. Yeah. Um, Washington, on the other hand, would not be great. But uh, they're already kind of going through their own. I think the fact that Tyler Heineke is the quarterback is being overlooked. He's getting the job done, but I think it just takes away from the upside that this, uh, you know, a- analysts were projecting for this Washington offense to have. Mm-hmm. I think Heineke is just, he's coming like a game manager, but he still takes his, his shots every once in a while, but it's it's not the gunslinging Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And I think a part of the upside or the next level of Washington was A, to, to maintain their defensive presence or be better, but most importantly, that entire offense was about to take whew, the Another, next level yeah. up. The next level up. So, um, I like Falcons to win this game. And, uh, you know, I, like I said earlier, I think Ridley can have a good game. I think Pitts may be able to even assert himself, even though Washington kind of carries this this defensive uh, culture understanding. 
But it hasn't been shown these first three games. It has not been shown. So we'll see. Uh, next up, who we got? Bills and Texans? Bills. I got the Texans in this one. I think. Nah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. Nah, Bills are dominating that one. I'm sorry, Texans, but no offense. It's just you know, it's, yeah, it's the just, Bills. The Bills are another yeah, level right a, now. Yeah, it's another tier. In general, the Texans it's play. You know, they play. The Texans are doing better than I think most people thought they, they are. would do. They but, are. But um, yeah, the Bills are just they're just on another yeah, level. Yeah, it's different. It's different. It's levels to this. Uh, Lions and the Bears. I call yeah. it an upset. I yeah. said it's gonna be an upset. And nothing would be more poetic than the Lions to win the game on a field goal when they just lost the previous game on a field goal. I actually think that may happen. I'm actually I'm actually calling that the Lions win this game against the Bears by a field goal. Place y'all bet, so make sure y'all break off a poetic. AD if y'all win. Poetic. I, like, um, I can see it. I, yeah. Storyline Drake coming back, guys. I, I'm, I'm making my move. This is a misround. I'm like Brandon Ayuk for these calls. <laughs> Storyline round, round week three, week four, I'm, I'm warming up. I'm heating up. He's on fire. <laughs> um. All right, so next up, we got the Colts and the Dolphins. Um, I That's, don't know. I think this can go either way. I don't know. I, man. Uh, Brissett may come back for a vengeance. You know, he was a yeah, former Colts I, I can, I can quarterback. See it. He, may, I can he may try see to come it. back with some, y'all let me go. Yeah. Now y'all worry about Carson Wentz, who's kind of, you know, you don't know if he's playing on one mm-hmm. good ankle, two good ankles, no ankles. You know, you don't know how this is going to go. I'm going to go the Fins. I think they're at home. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I like the storyline of the revenge game. Um, I, I think there's still a lot to be desired and seen from from uh, Gaskin. The backfield hasn't been very productive, but yeah. but Tua didn't necessarily have the best rapport with Gasecki. Um, it seems like Gasecki benefits more from Jacoby Brissett at this moment in time because he led the team in targets and receptions. I believe this previous game. Oh no no no, he didn't. He led the team in I think yardage, but receptions was led by um Jalen Waddle. So. Uh, nonetheless, Jacecki was more involved last game than he was in the previous two games. So that has to be good for his production. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Dolphins over the Colts. I think they get the win at home. I like it. I mean, Colts, Colts have a decent team, but um, as a noisy They point, just it, lost the, Darius Leonard too, didn't they? I don't think he got out. He's out. I think he was. I think he was injured. Like it was a pretty bad injury. Um, look, look on, look into that because I just don't want to make up no foolishness. But I feel like Darius Leonard was was injured, and I want to say I read something that he even got carted off. I could be wrong, but double check that for me. Um, let me see. Yeah, no, he's still he's still good. What happened? I mean, he get carted off. What happened? He got ran over and got by a car. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Oh, that boy got. I don't know. I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, he really he got he got smacked and. Like kind of just you know thrown off the field off a truck you know th- things Derek Derrick Henry does so maybe nah, that was the injury you may have saw and he got was. carted wow. off <laughs> and that but no, maybe he still, it was um, a meme that he got that he got carted off because of that <laughs> <laughs> now he's still um he's still playing oh um yeah he's still good to play okay one person who may maybe um could be confused was Quentin Nelson he did get carted Quentin off Quentin Nelson it he, was Quentin he, he Nelson not coming Darius back Leonard. but um he definitely was he got hurt and who knows it if was he's Quentin Nelson play. yeah it was Quentin Nelson my bad not Darius Leonard it was Quentin Nelson that I saw that report. On. Which still is a bad injury. Like, yeah, he's you know he's the main the main offense alignment. One of them, they, mm-hmm. the whole line is actually pretty great. But he's one of the focal points there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely can see this as a Miami game. Don't okay. know what quarterback you're getting either. So that's true. Um, Vikings and the Browns. Um, it's a good game. In a way, a in game. a way, it's a good game. I like the Browns on this one. If um, the Vikings, if Dalvin Cook comes back and plays this game, I like the Vikings. If they're without Dalvin Cook, 
I like the Browns. Okay, that's fair. I can see that. Yeah. Especially because the Browns' offense is, is very run heavy, and mm-hmm. you, gotta, you don't know what you're gonna get out of the passing game to a degree. And Dalvin Cook would more than more than likely match Nick, Nick Chubb's production for exactly. sure. And then so. after that, you know, are you baiting on Odell and mm-hmm. Peoples Jones, or are you gonna go against Thielen and Jefferson? And I'm taking Thielen and Jefferson all day for sure. If I had to pick a duo for sure. Um, next up, we got the Saints and the Giants. Um, Giants going Giants. I think the Saints. Okay, boom. Yeah, for I, think show. Boy, I think that boy James about to eat a W. I hope y'all ready for another um, another great <laughs> pregame. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for another I'm pregame video, James. At this bro. point, we, we every week I'm ready. Oh Lord. <laughs> um, Saints. I think they'll have their way with the Giants. Um, I don't think it's close. I think the Saints come in and dominate, and you know get the Giants out of there early. Um, Titans and Jets. I got the Jets this game um, simply because the Titans are a favorite team of my. You're gonna sound confident in saying it. No, you know, you know, you know. I want to be honest. Honestly, um, as much as I want to say the Titans will win this, I I can't be surprised honestly if the Jets pull this off. Come on, man. Um, I'm a Jets the, the, My fan, reason, the reason I say this is, granted, yes, Derrick Henry's probably gonna run the hell on this team. If we do not have like a good AJ and if Julio does not play this full game, when I really think about our receivers, we do not have. <laughs> we Neither do not do ha- the Jets. Yeah, but we don't have anything, bro. Like there's there's Neither nothing. Neither do the Jets. So, but that's, that's my whole point is I can see them winning. I don't. I, to me, the Titans are going to win, but I would not be surprised if the Jets can pull off something okay. because we don't really have anything else. If you know AJ, which I do not see him playing. If he does, very limited. Julio, it's iffy with him. I don't know if you can get a full game out of him. Um, just him being limited in that second half, which is it shows a lot for a team that does not have a whole bunch of receivers. Who we have two, who are already on IR. We had Josh Reynolds, who was a healthy scratch, and now you lose AJ Brown. That's four receivers. So now you have um, Westbrook, someone, <laughs> and then you have Chester Rogers and Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Not much going on there. So I can I can see the Jets possibly, possibly. Y'all had a wide receiver come to life in this last previous game. He has, he has like a three part name. Like yeah, but it's Westbrook. Uh, it's Westbrook. Uh, it's something oh, like that. Yeah, that's okay. who it is. Right, yeah, he but, had a pretty decent yeah, game. He had a decent game. No, he had like a he he messed up on something and he came right back and made it up. Yeah, he but, had like seven receptions. Oh, he was getting he yeah, was getting busy. So it's just, busy. it's just all the pins. But I yep. still got the Titans. But I can see it. Okay. Um, Chiefs and the Eagles. I got the Chiefs winning this one. My home um, I think the Eagles make it competitive. I think they definitely come back and, and put up a good fight. But I think they're just going to fall short of the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have a levels lot to, to prove. Levels. And, yeah, I think they're just at a different level right now. Um, Seahawks and 49ers. I got the Seahawks over the 49ers here. Um, I think Seahawks is just a better, well-rounded team at the moment. Um, 49ers, their, their offense is still a lot to be desired. I feel like they don't really have a question about that. You think Jimmy G's play or even, um, Shanahan's just how you think the, you think just chemistry issues right now with the sense that they know they wanted Aaron Rodgers, And that's kind of a, I feel like that may be a little part of what's going on right now. Um, little, little I about, heard because, about reports I feel that like Jimmy G and, and Kyle Shanahan, they've been together for about two years now. So there really isn't, you know, they've had good chemistry up until this recent thing, getting Trey Lance. And then uh, also the, you know, Aaron Rodgers kind of maybe going there and the offense has just been weird this whole season with Jimmy Jesus looking, looking, I don't know, just looks off a, are you, you know, not really doing too much running back. It's just everywhere. Uh, just want to bring that up there. Just want to see maybe if you think that's something that's kind of hindering um, the full potential of the 49ers offense that we saw the year previously, even without a Jimmy G. Cause I'm pretty sure he was hurt last year. Um, I don't 
I don't want to believe that. I heard rumors about it, but I don't know if that was actually like a thing. Um, I I, I know he did kind of say it in a in a press conference. I think he did kind of mention it, like you know, it, it was a possibility. But at the time of when that occurred, anything was a possibility. So he couldn't rule it out, but he did know it was something that was on the table. Um, I think Jimmy G is. I think more than the, being threatened by Aaron Rodgers, I think the the threat should really come from Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jimmy G, I mean, when he drove the field and scored and put Aaron Rodgers in a position where he shouldn't have done what he did, but he did do it because he's a magician. Um, a lot of people were looking at Jimmy G was like, hey, this is your moment to outperform yeah. Aaron Rodgers right now. Step up to the plate and make it happen. Which you look and he did, it. and then he you know, did it. Obviously but Aaron he Rogers left Aaron Rodgers too much time. <laughs> he did what he needed to do. He understood the assignment. Yeah. So he took care of business, but he just the whole the, game. The bigger boss kinda, came yeah. through and 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 just you yeah. know what I mean served him up, served yeah. him up. So I don't really think it affects the the franchise as much. I think that Jimmy G understands where he is in his career and what he needs to do in order to maintain a starting role. And I think he's doing all the necessary things to do that. I think he is. I don't think he's doing too much, and I don't think he's doing too little. He's he's doing just enough to fend uh, Trey Lance off yep. for other than the red zone. Doing the right you know, things touches. at the right moment. That's, the game that's, was, it, that's all it is. The game was iffy, but he made the plays that you knew he should be able to make in order to keep that mm-hmm. position. You don't know if you would get that out of Trey Lance. And that's all it is. Yep. So... Right, um, cool, cool, cool. interesting. And then, uh, we're going to close it out with the Packers and the Steelers. Um, I like the Packers. I think coming off such a, uh, such a win, they're on such a high right now. I think Steelers are the exact opposite. They're real, real low. They're kind of figuring out what the future holds. Um, I just like the Packers to defeat the Steelers. I think it's going to be a, a hard nosed, tough game, but I like the Green Bay Packers to, uh, to emerge as the winners of that um of that game. You agree or you think Steelers got something for them? No, I like the Packers on that one. They're on a roll right now. Um and I the Steelers are another team that's just defensively they kinda they're injured. No T J Watt. He didn't play last week as well. Um and then of course offensive side's a little banged up as well. And just again the Packers are, are rolling right now. Yep, I agree. Packers are rolling. So um look forward to seeing that. Got a couple more um, games that aren't on here. Oh what else we got? We got the Cardinals and Rams. Um, let's see. What do we do? Ravens and Broncos. Yeah, Cardinals, Rams, Raven, Broncos, and Bucks and Patriots, Raiders and Chargers. Oh yeah, Bucks and Patriots. So all top games actually. How we missed those? But um, so the Chargers and uh, the Chargers Raiders and Raiders Monday Night Football. That's a good game. Um, yeah, definitely a good game. Raiders division game. Mm-hmm. Raiders three and zero. Chargers two and one. I like the Chargers in this one. Yeah, I like Chargers um, too. I think I like Raiders the, uh papers up. The stretch is good, but it's bound to happen. Their loss is coming. The free paper has and been burnt. It's yeah. done for them. Yeah, I like the Chargers. Mike Mike Williams is on a tear. Herbert's on a tear. Allen's doing Allen things. Eckler is starting to form into the Eckler that we saw from 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they look good on that side. Um, who else? The, the Bucks and Pats. I like Sunday the Bucks night. come in and dominate. It's yeah. gonna be a. A great game. You guys um, are gonna hear me say this or probably tweet this. Mac Jones is y'all is y'all Patriots? That's your quarterback? I, I think Mac Mac Jones that's gonna your, be straight, man. Mac Jones gonna be straight. He just he's not working with much. 
That's He's not working with much. And that's already a complex offense as it is with Belichick. So he'll be fine. I think he, he has the intangibles to be a good quarterback. So I, I, I still just, like him regardless. I, I like I mean, I like the tangibles. I'm just trying to you know there was a lot of hype. A lot of any every throw he made in preseason was we're ready and he's gonna take over. And I just it's not been the same Mac Jones that we yeah. saw in preseason. But it's an early season. Yes, early. I, I just think wanna, all I'm just keep rookie quarterbacks that. are struggling right now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know, is bound to happen. None, none of them are really standing out. All of them. Well, are there was no, there was no quarterback that was like other than Lawrence. Everyone kept high blood, but there really wasn't no like I don't know, big quarterback coming into the into the league this year. We just had to make a story of you know the quarterbacks that are coming. But I don't really, honestly speaking, I don't really feel like there was one that was gonna blow us away. We just know who has the potential to do it. Okay, um, and then who else we got? Uh, it was the Ravens and Broncos, which Ravens is another good Broncos. game. Broncos are like a 3-0 team that, again, we talked about it earlier, or against teams that have yet to win. Ra- Ravens are Ravens so are, beatable. They're yeah. so beatable, but... It's just when Lamar's on the field, ex- and, mm-hmm. and the, I think about to say their experience, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of helps carry them to win these tough games that they've been winning. But each game, you're like, they could easely lose, lose this game, game especially yep. the Lions game. But Their experience um, is what keeps them in them. Yeah, they've I been like, in playoff games. They know how to... You know, to yeah. win for the most part. Yeah, I, I, man, I'm gonna go with the Broncos on this one, but I, I feel like the Ravens are probably gonna knock off that three and zero start, just because the defense is way better than what the Broncos have kind of played against so far. Yeah, um, I like, I like Denver in this matchup too. Um, you know, I hate to turn my back on Lamar and company, but I really think the the Broncos defense are hitting a stride. I think they had two interceptions last game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just. I feel like this could be a another defining. Well, maybe we'll call it the first defining game truly for the Broncos, um, and then kind of a, a gauge meter on on where the Ravens exactly are. Um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, conversation around that team and what they would be looking to do to support Lamar and. Rashad Bateman coming back and, um, you know, Tyson Williams getting a bulk of the the, the load in terms of carrying the ball. So um, they're in an interesting spot, and I think they'll just continue to figure it out because at this point they don't really have any other choice. They got to figure it out. So uh, what I think we got one more. We got one more. Uh, who are we just looking at? Panthers and Cowboys. Panthers and Cowboys. Another, that should be a good game. Another good game. Panthers three and zero. Cowboys two and one. But Cowboys been looking really, I got the really Cowboys. good offensively. Yeah, I think the Panthers gonna lose, take their loss, especially without having Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yep. They lost Horn. Mm-hmm. Granted, they did pick up C.J. Henderson, um, but they still don't have McCaffrey, and we don't know what you gonna get out of Chubba Hubbard. He had a decent game, as far as Chubba running Hubbard. hard. Um, but you know, it's a rookie. You're going against um, a pretty good defense who's been sh- who's been coming to the show, and their offense. Dak Prescott has been been balling. Um, since he's been back from his injury. So I definitely will say the Cowboys as well. They hand the Panthers their first loss of the season. Okay. And that's all the games. All right. So that was a uh, longer than anticipated episode, but great information. if you made it here, we appreciate you for hanging through with us. All right. We definitely appreciate it. Um, Just want to give you some quick updates before we say our peace for week four. Uh, we did start the Instagram page, so make sure if you are on Instagram, you follow us at at Fantasy Culture Podcast. We will be posting a lot more information, um, highlights, 
some of the takes that we had on the episode. We'll be highlighting those areas. We just wanted to give you guys a central location to, um, one, follow our content, and two, also just keep up um, with us as as you know as a brand fantasy culture podcast so make sure you follow us on instagram once again at fantasy culture podcast and then of course our first platform which is twitter you can follow us at ff ball culture um i wanted it to be fantasy culture podcast but i think it was either too long or taken so we have at ff ball culture all right and that is on instagram um, what else? What else? What else? We're working out a new logo. Um, shout out to Lewis, also at uh, the Soul Library. So at the Soul Library on Instagram, um, he does the majority of my uh, yeah, he does the majority of my artist graphics. But at the same time, he just does all kind of graphics. So he's uh, in the process of creating a new logo for us. Something that we may be able to share on um, you know, eventual merchandise, maybe stickers. Um. Just different ideas we're doing to continue to push the brand and push the um, you know this this podcast this platform forward. Uh, what else? Any other updates? I think um, you know, eventually we're gonna set a uh, target number, um, in regards to the followers on the Instagram page, and once we hit that target number, we're, we'll do a small little giveaway of some sort. We'll do a giveaway just to show our appreciation. Yeah. Um, something that you know. Like I said, show our appreciation. And speaking of that, I want to thank you guys so much. Looking at the stats of listeners that we've had so far over this year. Um, Last year when we did this podcast, uh, the listener count that we got for our last week episode, week three, we did not see those numbers until week 15. Week 15 of our podcast last season. So we hit that in... You know, I don't know. I can't do the math right now. It's kind of late. It's almost it's almost twelve thirty at midnight. <laughs> but basically, we hit that well before fifteen episodes. All right. Um. So you know, thank you guys so much for continuing to share the podcast. Um. For taking the time to listen. For taking the time to reach out and let us know that you're listening. We appreciate all of it. We appreciate anybody if they listen to five seconds through. 30 seconds to 30 minutes to the whole thing. All, you know, this episode's almost two hours. So thank you for just, you know, letting us, you know, letting us play, letting us talk to you, you know, taking our advice, not taking our advice, but at least being a part of this fantasy culture community. Because as we grow, we want to grow with you and we want to grow with more people. And of course, it was not going to be possible without the people. Exactly. So we need the people for it. So, Thank you, thank you, Shout thank you. Shout out to you. the people. Shout out to the people. Um, so thank you as always. Yeah. Uh, got anything else? Same, anything is, else? You know, same thing as always for me as well. You know, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for supporting us as we you know continue to try to give you guys the best content that we can and the best information to help you succeed throughout this fantasy football and you no know, anything else. So we do again. Thank you guys for everything and continue to you know look out for fantasy culture to continue to make waves in this platform. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, once again, if you haven't caught any of our episodes and you're a first time listener, know that our podcast is available on anywhere you get your podcasts from Spotify, iTunes um, or uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. 
Fantasy Culture Podcast is available to listen to. So go ahead and check us out. Check out the previous episodes. Check out episodes from last season if you just want to see how much we've grown and where we're at now. Um, But with all that being said, this is the end of our week four podcast episode. Once again, I want to thank you guys and say I am one half of the co-hosting team, AD, and I'm here with... Mark Keith here, guys, and thank you so much for listening to episode four. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Episode four. Thank you as always. Much love. Good luck this week. Get some wins. If you get some losses, it's because you ain't listen. But if you get some wins, then it's because you knew what was missing. Ha! Peace out. Fantasy Culture Podcast.